evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. It's Hoopsville time here on December 18th, 2023. It is a Monday. Welcome in. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, to the show. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you found the right place. It's Division Three basketball chat time. Coming to you from the Hoopsville studios, presented by D3Hoops.com. Thanks to all of you who are tuned in, whether live or on demand, however the case may be. We certainly appreciate it. It is... Something we do and enjoy and we certainly love, and we hope you will get a better taste of that love as we progress, because, you know, that's what we do. Lots to talk about tonight. Just a couple of quick uh, scheduling updates for you. A reminder, barring something significant, we will not be on the air on Thursday this week. We were certainly debating hard about doing it. We got room. There's some good games coming up, which obviously we will be talking about. Um, great games coming up this week, but there's also family and some other things going on. Got to prepare for the D3Hoops.com Classic, this thing right here on the chest, if you're looking at us. So we're not going to do a show on Thursday. Again, unless something significant changes that, uh, some newsworthy event that needs us needs our attention, no show on Thursday. So this is our last show until after the holidays. We will be back on the air, I believe it's January 3rd if memory serves. No, sorry, January 4th will be our next show on the air. A little bit of a gap there. We do realize it's two and a half weeks. Um, not ideal, but that's how it's going to be. Of course, there'll be plenty of Hoopsville-esque content in Las Vegas where we talk to coaches and or student athletes of all the teams participating. So that will be available. <clears throat> that is coming up um, the 27th through the 30th. Uh, three days of games plenty to talk about to say the least uh, a lot of good games we'll talk more about that coming up as well so that's the first bit of news on scheduling the second bit of news on scheduling is we have we've gotten some new commitments for work unrelated to all this uh, i'm proud to say I'm, i've been called in to do a, a bunch of other things so there are going to be a handful of thursday and even a monday show next uh january and february that will be moved to an afternoon show we will do a 1 p.m show instead of our normal seven o'clock live show <clears throat> that will allow us to then get to the work event that we need to do in the evening it has then put hoopsville's marathon show in a little bit of flux um we're gonna have to be a little bit adaptable to figure out how we're gonna pull that one off uh and when we're gonna do it it will <clears throat> i can pretty much say at this point it will end up being on a non-traditional day uh, and how that all works out is to be determined, but we'll figure that out. But the marathon show will we'll have to adjust this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit of dinner is just not wanting to go away. Also, um, we should point out, um, not get the cart too far ahead of the horse, but you might remember the top 16 shows last season. Those are back. We are looking forward to put producing those, barring any change in those plans. Looking forward to producing those once again. Those are scheduled for the 15th of February. So keep that in mind as well for your scheduling purposes. So that's the nuts and bolts of it for now. Lots to talk about in Division 3. If you want to talk with us, you can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. That's hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also find us on social media, x slash Twitter, uh, Instagram, and threads. And YouTube, we're all at D3 Hoopsville there. On Facebook, we're just Hoopsville. We're live simulcasting on Hoopsville, or on Facebook, I should say. We're also live simulcasting on um, YouTube, youtube.com slash 
D3Hoopsle and Facebook.com slash Hoopsle. That's how you can get a hold of us and interact with us during the show. We'll do our best to interact back with you. Uh, let's talk guests on this one because there's plenty to talk about. We got some good ones. If you're looking over our shoulder, you can see the list in order. We'll be talking to the Dubuque men's basketball team coming on up. They are not in Iowa this week. We will talk to them about the hoops they are playing this holiday season and where exactly they are enjoying those those games. We'll also be talking to 23rd ranked Illinois College. Uh, we'll talk to the men's program about their start to the season and just how good they've been the last couple of years. And I have a feeling that loss in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year to Wheaton still stings a bit. We'll talk to them, Coach Swears, join, Swear joining us to talk about it. Then we'll pivot to women's basketball. Fred Richter from DeSales will join us. They've got a huge game against Scranton coming up on Tuesday the 19th. That is tomorrow if you're listening to us live. We'll talk to Fred about that upcoming game and just how good this Bulldogs team is. Could they maybe be one of the best teams that they've had at DeSales in women's basketball history? And then we'll talk hope women's basketball. Brian Morehouse joins us. We talked to him earlier today. It is a pre-recorded interview. I will absolutely tell you it was we've always had great conversations with Brian. This is up there with one of my favorites. Um, Great insight on the team, but also spoke very eloquently and um, uh, what's the word I was just looking for? Eloquently and open about his career because he is closing in on a heck of a milestone. And we'll talk about that coming up as well. Uh, He could be the best that's ever done it at any level. We'll talk about that with him. So those are the guests we have scheduled ahead. It's Hoops or holiday hoops is the topic because there is plenty of good basketball being played um, in the next few days. Just to take a look at tonight, there is actually a rather large schedule tonight, surprisingly. One of the guests we were going to reach out to and have on the show today was Calvin Men's Basketball, but they're on the road at Stevens Point, so that wasn't possible. Whitewater is on the road at Marion, and number 19 tried playing Anderson and lost by, I'm sorry, Anderson lost by three, trying one by three. Ryan Scott tweeted out something earlier. I apologize. I forgot what he mentioned earlier about that significance in his mind. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Forgive me. Um, let's see. It shouldn't be too far. I'm sure I can find it. I, I may have gone to the wrong account. There it is. He goes, Trine gets a huge win over Anderson, maybe an expected win at full strength, but I wasn't sure they'd be able to manage it without Glow. Uh, Apparently my voice doesn't, my tongue doesn't want to work today. Down low. Boy, was it close. Anderson really dominated the boards, but it wasn't quite enough. So trying with that win over Anderson earlier, 79-76. It's sad to say the state of St. Mary's men's basketball, a program I I certainly have known well. They lost by 17 to Messiah today, and I know Messiah is not the greatest team this season as well. So that's certainly disappointing. Milliken got a win over St. John Fisher in men's basketball, 78-69. Transylvania got beat by Bluffton, 80-52. Ferrum continues to play well. Got a win over Greensboro, 65-59. Ferrum is part of several teams making the ODAC look really interesting this season. So we'll keep an eye on some other games that are taking place today. 
throughout Division Three men's basketball. Redlands has taken on Cal, um, Kalamazoo, for example. Kalu is playing Illinois Wesleyan. Those games have actually should be done, so we'll try and check on some of those scores when we get the opportunity uh, and see if the scoreboard has gotten updated at some point as well. Rippon is playing Oshkosh. That's all men's. That is men's basketball. Yep, men's basketball. Women's basketball. Transylvania defeated Bluffton easily, 75-29. Whitewater defeated Manhattanville rather easily, 70-35. Hardin-Simmons squeaked past Texas-Dallas by two, 63-61. Catholic rolled over Eastern, 79-60. And there's other games that have finished. I'm quickly looking to see. the Ohio Wesleyan over St. Lawrence, 98-48. East Texas Baptist over Birmingham Southern, 74-52. Sol Ross over Concordia, Texas, 74-69. And there's some other scores around. Whitworth over Claremont Mud Scripps, 59-48. This is women's scores again. So we'll keep an eye on those the rest of the day. But my point being, what's coming up ahead? We'll just talk about the 19th alone on the women's side. Christopher Newport's in action against Grove City. Whitewater is playing Messiah, DeSales, and Scranton. We talked about that. They are taking on one another. Whitman and Wartburg will play one another. Willamette, who, remember, beat Whitman earlier this season, takes on Trinity, Texas. Milliken's got a game as well. Don't know their opponent right off the top of my head. Harden-Simmons is taking on George Fox. Hope is taking on Augustana. Trine is taking on Geneva. Catholic has got Marymount. Elizabethtown has got Loris. That's just in the top 25 on the women's side tomorrow. That's just the 19th. Yes, I know. This makes you want to say, let's talk, do a show on, on Thursday. I, I'm fully realizing that the challenge of my decision. Hamden, Sydney, John Carroll is a big game tomorrow in men's basketball. That game being is at John Carroll at 3 o'clock, by the way, if you want a good time to watch it. Christopher Newport's taking on Kane. Mount Union is taking on Berea. Not as many top 25 teams in action, but still a whole host of other really good basketball games across uh, St. John's taking on Nazareth. Now, granted, not the same Nazareth team we've gotten used to over the last few years, but still, good game there. So a lot of great basketball this week. Certainly encourage you, if you have a chance to go out and see the games, watch them online if you can. It'll be fun to watch, and we'll keep a tab on all of it. At d3hoops.com, we'll keep you up to date there. We'll do our best. course, scoreboards are there. Admittedly, they don't have as many links as they used to, and I will, I will say this. To all the sports information directors who may be listening who are friends of ours, if you don't mind logging in and updating video and live stat links when you can, that'd be greatly appreciated. It is a difficult task for us to do all of them, though we certainly do our best to try and get to them. But we certainly would appreciate it if you were able to do so yourself. Um, So there you go. It's going to be a a fun week of games. And, of course, it culminates uh, the week before or after Christmas, but before um, before New Year's with the D3Hoops.com Classic. We talked a little bit already over the last few weeks about it due to the fact that we've got, you know, some guests who will be appearing in that tournament. But let's just let's just go through some of these games. We'll start on the 27th, just a single game. Women, it'll be um, Westminster taking on Framingham State in women's basketball. That's Westminster, Missouri. Westminster, Pennsylvania, those I emailed by accident, I, I apologize. Things got a little hairy around here uh, when I was sending those emails out, and I accidentally sent it to the wrong Westminster. Anyway, um, Rhodes taking on Laverne in women's basketball. Ohio Northern taking on Trinity, Texas. That is our start to our Thursday schedule of six games, we should point out. Then Husson and Laverne on the men's side. Rhodes and Whittier on the men's side. Clark and Trinity, Texas 
on the men's side, finishing on two, Thursday the 28th with Oswego taking on Case Western Reserve. Then on the 29th, Friday, we'll start off with Occidental and Westminster, Framingham State and Trinity, Texas, Laverne and Ohio Northern on the women's side. The men, it'll be Trinity, Texas and Pomona Pitzer, Case Western Reserve and Clark, Whittier and Husson. Then on Saturday the 30th, just three, just three games. It'll be Occidental against Rhodes on the women's side, then the men's side, Rhodes and Laverne, and we finish it off with Oswego and Pomona Pitzer. Should be an absolutely awesome weekend of basketball. You can go to d3hoops.com for all of it. Myself, Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, at least us as a trio, will be calling the games, doing the interviews, etc., doing the production and all that. Look forward to have everybody joining us for those games. Also writing some stories. We'll have the gang from D3 Photography, D3 Photo out there uh, to take pics and all of that jazz. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to meeting some coaches we don't normally get to meet or at least chat with, et cetera, et cetera. Should be an absolutely fun week of basketball at the 13th annual D3Hoops.com Classic at South Point Arena in Las Vegas. I kid you not, if you've got nothing to do and you want to throw some travel plans together, you should join us out there for some great basketball at South Point Arena at the South Point Hotel, which is south of the Strip. So looking forward to that, and we're already starting to put together next year's. If you're interested in coming out to the D3Hoops.com Classic, contact myself, contact Pat, or our friends at Sport Tours International, who helps put it all together. We would be happy to have you out there. The the tournament's kind of pivoting a little bit more to being a little bit more on the competitive and and ultra high end, but... um, if you think you can fit the bill and go out there and want to challenge yourself against some good teams, that's the way to do it. I have noticed there's tournaments now in Hawaii. There's tournaments, of course, in Florida and Puerto Rico. Now a couple of tournaments in Nashville. I think if I saw the scheduling right, there's games this week in Nashville. Then we talked about the Whittier-Wartburg game. I'm sorry, the Whitman-Wartburg game coming up. That's in Nashville. Um, and I think there's also tournaments now in Nashville in the week between Christmas and New Year's. So a lot of places are, are starting to host games, which is good. Albeit, uh, I'd love to see more and more at, in Vegas if we could. But um, great to see teams wanting to travel a bit. Um, so there's there's kind of the synopsis of what we're covering tonight. Lots of good basketball. And we're going to talk to four teams who are playing this week, essentially. Dubuque is already at the site they are at. They're in a very nice and warm location. We'll talk to Dubuque here coming up in just a few minutes. Illinois College is playing this week. We'll talk to them. Uh, DeSales women, again, big game against Scranton coming up on Tuesday night. We'll talk to Fred Richter about that and Hope Women's Basketball. They've got some big games too, a a mock or a a bit of a CCIW-MIAA battle coming up in what they're calling the post-exam jam in uh, Holland, Michigan. It is uh, Alma and Hope with Augustana and Milliken on the women's side. Should be some good hoops there, and we'll talk to Brian about all of that coming up as well. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the Hoopsville studios, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will talk Dubuque basketball. Just how good is Dubuque playing right now, and where are they enjoying their pre-holidays right now? Admittedly, I'm a little jealous, but I'm looking forward to talking to their head coach coming up. You're listening to Hoopsville. Back with more after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. 
The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. It's tough for us to put it all on the line. Don't undo my hard work with poor sportsmanship. Respect, it's the name of the game. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future.
And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. That time goes by fast when you're having fun. If you got any questions for us, you can always contact us via email, social media, uh, Facebook, YouTube. We're on Discord, believe it or not. Uh, and we're also on some other social media channels that we haven't fully gotten updated. I'm hoping I can figure out Discord a bit because I watch a lot of programs online now that use Discord quite a bit to interact with people. And I'm sure many of you are. If you are an expert per se in discord let me know and i'm going to figure out how we can get that involved in the show especially as we get into the later time of january and into february i think that'll be really helpful but anyway if you're watching us live all the information at the bottom of your screen if you're not and you're listening on a podcast which we are trying to get turned around hoopsville at d3sports.com is our is our email at d3 hoopsville on almost all the social media channels except facebook facebook it's just hoopsville simulcasting on facebook and youtube as well Dubuque men's basketball, the Spartans are having a tr- another tremendous start to the season. They're 7-0 and on the campaign, a campaign that finished last year 19-7 and and 21-7, and at really battling for supremacy in the American Rivers Conference, which prior to that, they really weren't part of that conversation. It's certainly a great turnaround, and they're playing some holiday hoops this season as well. Where they're playing it took some scheduling work, and I'm a little bit jealous, but Coach Robbie um, has been kind enough to not reveal the location, at least to tease us in the backdrop. Coach Sieverding joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. You close the blinds, which I appreciate, because otherwise we're all going to see the beauty of Hawaii behind you, Coach. Yes, I, I did close the blinds. I thought it might be a little bit too too bright back there, but it's actually, it's 80, but there's a few sprinkles today. Yesterday was no sprinkles, a little bit nicer, but uh, we won't complain about, about 80. So our guys are having fun, excited, and we're we're getting ready to go over to Diamond Head to do a little hiking, a little activity, and, and then get ready for a couple big games. I was going to say, I looked at the schedule, and okay, so they're not playing until the 21st or 22nd, so maybe I can sneak in an interview on Monday, but they might be traveling. This could be interesting. You're already there. You're taking advantage of this trip. This is this is a great opportunity to see a place that I'm sure a lot of your guys and maybe yourself, I know myself, have never been able to see. Yeah, we did it. We took our team here about 12 years ago, and uh, it was a, a an awesome experience. And that was the only time I've I've been here. And we always wanted to get back, just didn't know when we'd be able to to afford it and get the fundraising done. But one of the things we're we're really uh, important to us and, and our staff is trying to give our guys the best four year experience. And we think a lot of that is where we travel and the teams that we're playing. So, you know, we've been to Vegas last year for the D3 Hoops Classic, and we were in Fort Lauderdale the year before. And we're really trying to push the envelope as far as where we're traveling. And this is obviously going to be a big-time experience. We're going to take our guys to Pearl Harbor, and we paid for an extra night here. We're coming all this way, so we, we did an extra night. So we'll be here for, uh, I think, it's six nights. So, yeah, it'll be a nice nice trip for our guys. Okay. Um, listen, next time, call. I'd be more than happy to come out, broadcast the games. I mean, small fee, but uh, I'll take the room and board as well. I had, I had, I had trainers. I had SI. I had a lot of people uh, claiming tickets. Uh, the flights were kind of expensive, but I could have added about 15, 20 people real easy. I think so. I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming Megan Wilson's with you too, right? She's not, but I was on, I was on the phone with her, but she, she is not. It, it is, uh, um, there's about 21 of us, and then we have a handful of parents that, that tag along too. So we're excited to see them and uh, should be an awesome, an awesome week. 
Yeah, great experience. I mean, listen, we loved having you in, in Vegas, and you're always welcome back, but we can certainly understand needing to take a trip to Hawaii. Um, I mean, Diamond Head hikes and all that, you, you talked about the chance to go see some of the great sites of Hawaii is, is certainly a great experience. But you're going to, as we said, mix in some basketball. We'll talk more about the overall season and such in a bit, but you're going to take on Whitworth and Lewis and Clark, two teams that maybe aren't at the powers that they had been in recent years, but still a good test out of the Northwest Conference gives you a good test at this point in the season before you do pivot into the conference action. You've you, This is kind of a, a, while it is pleasure, there is work, and it's going to be a good working test for you all. Yeah, both teams present different challenges, and Whitworth's obviously coming off a, a national tournament year last year, and and uh, is very good, very good, and um, I think both will provide some some different types of challenges. Whitworth, watching them on film, is very physical. They remind me of I think you just end up playing UW Oshkosh, but just physical at a lot of spots remind me of kind of like a WIAC team, which we're kind of used to, but it's always fun to kind of branch out and play some different teams from different regions and, and play quality opponents. And I, I certainly think we'll have, you know, two good challenges for us here. The, the, the hard thing is, and the weird thing for us is we had our bye week on that second Saturday in December and it was just really hard trying to find games. So we've been off since we last played Simpson early December. So it has been a long layoff. So uh, we'll try to get sharp here as quick as we can and, and got to be ready to go here for Thursday and Friday. I mean, that's the key, obviously. And and that's the tough part this time of year. You know, you see all kinds of different ideas. There's some who play in early December, then shut it down, don't play again until early January. Of course, Yeshiva's known for their long break that is a little different than everybody else's. But just to give some comparison, it's more of a middle to late December to middle late January. There's others who try and mix in as much as possible, take very small breaks, maybe six, seven days at the very most. And then there's others that are kind of a hybrid and there's others who don't fit any model. There's one way of doing it one way year, and there's another doing it another year. Have you figured out what works best, or is you following that last category? It just every year is different. Yeah, I mean, generally we try to you know have that six to seven day and maybe break. Uh, but with scheduling, it is it is one of the more difficult things um, to do. Luckily, we're in the Midwest there, where there's a lot of a lot of teams that that you can schedule, but it is, it is hard. It is a, it is a jigsaw puzzle at times trying to find what fits your program best. And uh, it just got to a hard spot there where we ended up, uh, we ended up just, you know, having that bigger break. And then we're going to go up and play in the St. Norbert tournament, which should be a great tournament for us. Um, um, the 29th and 30th, uh, we haven't been up there um, in the past few years. So we're looking forward to that too, before we kick off, uh, we have three conference games in, but before we get into the, the meat grinder of the ARC this year, and a very, very good conference, and our, our league is doing very good in non-league. And I think it's going to be one of the stronger years um, that we've had since, you know, before COVID when Nebraska Wesleyan kind of had a role. And I think this is the strongest our, our league has been, especially in the top four or five teams. Yeah, that was kind of the interesting thing that jumped out at me, you know. Yeah, I think we got a little spoiled, a little bit lazy in the fact that we had Nebraska Wesley. And that's who we kind of keyed on in the American Rivers or the old IAAC conference. Uh, Central certainly been in the conversation. Loris has popped their head in Warburg as well. But you and Co. kind of been stealing the headlines in the last couple of seasons. And when I went back to look at things, especially post-pandemic, Dubuque's been at the top of this conference every season. You guys are in this mix. So that's two and a half seasons now worth of that. I'm curious, A, what has changed, at least for you all, or the conference, or some combination of both, that has allowed you all to get to the top, stay at the top for the most part, and now this conference look very different 
than it did a few years ago. Yeah, we were we were fortunate, you know, that that COVID year we had prior best team that we've had and we were uh we were 14 and 0. We shot it I mean, I would take an individual shoot at this, but we shot at just under 45% over 14 games from the three-point line as a team, which is kind of unheard of. And, and we were rolling, and it was kind of a funny year just because, that you know, at the end of the 14 games, we had we had won everything we could, and it was kind of it. You know, we went 14-0, and I had that, you know, probably our best, most talented offensive team for sure that we've had, and it was kind of over. But we had a really good player, Peter Reagan, um, uh, from Joliet Catholic. He was really good. He's, you know, an All-American for us. And then he came back for his fifth year, um, and we kind of kept it rolling. And when we, we won another conference tournament championship and then a regular season, and, you know, we were up 95% of the game against Case Western up at UW Oshkosh in the first round and ended up giving up a couple offensive rebounds. Just didn't finish the game and lost in overtime. Um, and then they end up upsetting Oshkosh and go on their little run. So that kind of left a sour taste. And then last year we – we're 30 seconds away from uh, you know, winning back-to-back regular season titles. So we've had, we've had really good – I've been blessed to have really good assistant coaches, um, really good players here that have, that have been bought into what we're doing. And I think over the last 50 games against conference opponents, we've won um, 43 of those games, which is pretty crazy um, in our league. So we, we know we've got some, some big, some big uh, uh, games coming up here um, because I think our league is really, really good. And I think it's going to be very tough, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be winning close games and Cole's done a good job. They want a, a last second shot at, at central and then they beat Loris on a last second defensive play. So a lot of times winning those close games, staying healthy, you know, having good chemistry will, will determine a, a lot of what's going to happen down the stretch of the ARC. You've got a roster 25 deep. Five of those are graduate students or seniors. Shockingly, only two juniors. You've got a plethora of sophomores on this team and then a whole host of freshmen as well. So you've got a balance of pretty decent amount of senior leadership and experience in those five graduates slash seniors. And then it's a little bit youth in terms of how many sophomores. But granted, at this point, they've got the experience as well. How are you balancing that? Because of those 25, you're playing 20 of them already. And and not just kind of throw it in there, 20. There's only two guys, I'm sorry, three guys that have played one game. So you're you're playing a good majority of your team consistently. So how are you balancing the senior, the youth, and and the massive numbers that you've got on that roster? Yeah, we have, we have four guys that played in that national tournament game a few years ago. Uh, two of them being fifth-year seniors, and and that was you know very valuable for those guys. So we have four guys that were that were on the floor quite a bit, but that was kind of it from a few years ago. And then we have two freshmen that have have been really good for us that are that are in our mix, and then also a Division two transfer, Sunday John, who's been really good for us. But we graduated five of our top nine, so we we lost quite a bit of kind of our mainstays that had been playing since that COVID sophomore year of of those guys. Um, we had a handful that chose not to do their fifth year that got right into the workforce. And then we had a few that came back. Um, so it is an interesting group because for the last three years, we kind of knew before this year, uh, we knew we were kind of playing and we had just a really good freshman group that didn't do well, but then really took off that sophomore year when we went 14 and 0. And then those guys played the last couple of years. So we've had a couple unknowns now this year and trying to work on our depth and I think that's going to be one thing that we have to continue to work on is just having quality depth and, and having young guys grow up pretty quick because we have two freshmen that are in our top six right now that are that are pretty talented and we're fortunate to have. Um, so, yeah, there's a few new guys out there, but we're, we're fortunate that we have four guys that have played with our program that have played big-time games 
um, been on uh, on a national stage. So so that's that's obviously exciting because you look around the, the, the country and you win with older guys a lot. And, and we're fortunate to have a few of those guys on our squad. It's interesting. You, you talk about how much you lost from last year, which was a significant point. Um, and then you've got all this experience and you're off to such a good start at 7-0. and And you've got guys like uh, Jalen McCants, who's putting up 20 and a half points a game. Uh, Sam Kilberg at 11 plus. Grady Thompson at 10 plus a game. Thompson doing it off the bench, we should point out. And you've got four or five more guys with six-plus points per game, meaning they're going to have their moments. Certainly, they're going to contribute. So were you expecting to be off to this start and doing as well as it appears on paper right now, considering what you lost? Yeah, I mean, I thought we'd be competitive, and I, I think we have room to grow yet. Um, you know, I, I don't... I don't think we've played the, the hardest schedule yet, but we've also, we went on the road and, and we've, we've, we've taken care of business and, and done some good things. Um, Jalen has been really good. Jalen McCants has been really good. And Sam Kilberg has been, been very solid for us. So it's, um, I wouldn't say it's surprising, but we, we've been really good. I thought we had a chance to be really good defensively. And I think we're, I think we're better defensively. We have a chance to be much better defensively than we were last year, but offensively at times, uh, we're not as scary as what we were last year with some of the shooters we had on the floor. But, you know, we're holding teams to just under 37%. Um, teams are scoring 58 points a game against us. And um, we've been good enough offensively to to hang in there a little bit. And hopefully that'll keep getting better and better. But I think defensively we have a chance to be pretty good. So hopefully we can continue that trend. And, uh, yeah, see where this team goes. We we know that we're going to have some big-time struggles uh, – or not big-time struggles, but some big-time games and opponents – especially in league, it's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight. It's, it's like every league that's strong. Even when you go on the road with teams that maybe haven't won a ton, it is, it is still tough to win on the road. And we've got some teams up top that I think are going to be very good. Well, and, and by the way, Thompson was that freshman we were talking, you mentioned earlier that, you know, are already making those contributions and then junior leading the way, senior second. Um, and their band-aid's going to get ripped right off because yes, you've got this, this event with Whitworth and Lewis and Clark, take a break for Christmas for a week, get back at it uh, at St. Norbert with Superior and then whomever's on the other side. But you've got Wartburg coming out of that to start conference play again, Buena Vista and then Coe, and Coe's going to be on the road. There's little time to reacclimate yourselves, as it were, before the, the true truth of this season is going to be right in your face. Yeah, because we've had kind of a long break here now, we'll have a bunch of games here in a short amount of time. And then obviously our, our conference slate is, is Wednesday, Saturday. And like I said, it's a it's a dogfight. A lot of good coaches, um, some very good teams. I think we had – there wasn't one first-team all-league player that, that graduated. Every single first-team player from last year is back on a roster. So it is filled with older guys on the teams. And I think if you go further into that, the teams that were picked in the top four or five probably returned – 90 to 95 percent of their roster so a lot of the teams that lost some players were the ones that you know didn't finish in the top half last year so it's led to a very strong you know top half of our our league and um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out like i said staying healthy and how much we can grow over the course of the next month and i think this trip will be will be awesome for building some chemistry things like that and got to win some close games stay healthy all that but It'll be interesting to see, and I think hopefully our, our league can make some noise, and and uh, you know whoever represents us can can do some good things. This conference, as we were talking about, is off to a tremendous start. Co is eleven and one. You guys seven and zero. Oh. Central eight and two. Loris is six and one. Nebraska Wesleyan six and two. Buena Vista seven and four. 
Okay, Warburg's two and eight, but I, I have a feeling that's a, a little bit of a misnomer. Simpson and Luther are four, five, and four, six, respectfully. That's a lot of teams who have built confidence and coming off and, and taken off on a good point. Coe's four and oh in the conference, you're three and oh in the conference, Central's three and one, et cetera. You know this is going to be tough. So how do you pace the guys through it so that at the end of this season, you're just as primed and ready as you are at the start of January? Yeah, and I think that's the the challenge we fight as as coaches a lot of years is trying to figure out, you know, how hard to push it at times and how do you keep your guys fresh both mentally and physically while still, you know, we just finished finals and then we flew out here. It's, you know, kids have a lot on their on their plate at times. So trying to figure out how we can stay fresh, how we can stay healthy. Uh, we talked about before we went on the air is just sickness kind of running through our locker room a few weeks ago too. So um, there's all those things that we're trying to battle while still trying to push our guys and, uh, you know, it's trying to stay as – as positive and upbeat as we can because we know it's going to be a little bit of a grind here come uh, come January. There's a lot of games and you got to stay fresh. So um, I'm excited because I, I think we have some new faces that have a chance to keep getting better because they've only played in, you know, seven, eight college games. And we have a couple of those guys that are in our in our rotation. And I, I, think, I think we have room to grow. And I think there's a lot of teams that are probably in the same boat that think they're trying to get to get to their best here before the season's over with. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, hopefully we can continue to get better offensively and, and keep doing some of the good things that we've been doing defensively. So this will be a big time challenge out here. We're looking forward to playing a very good Whitworth game and then uh, uh, Lewis and Clark here after. Is it important, not to dwell on last season too much, but is it important to come out of these two trips with at least some momentum? Last year you played at in Vegas at our event. Great game against Franklin and Marshall, which is another team that's improving this year. And then you took it to Ramapo. I remember all of us came out of that just kind of blown away at that result. But unfortunately, you come home and five days later, it's a loss to Coe by by 21. It's a loss to Loris by eight. And you kind of, as an outsider, look at that going, ooh, geez, you know, did the, did the wheels just come off the train? Uh, then a loss to Wartburg a little bit later in the month. So suddenly you're kind of in this no man's land. Is it important to come out of these two trips while they're great and they're going to test you and you need that to still be in a better spot than last season or, or at least know that, hey, this happened last year. We got to move on. Yeah, I think we're just we're just trying to keep growing. Like I said, we have some young kids in different spots. I just we, we want to keep getting better as we progress here. And, you know, we end up playing some really good basketball late in the year. We won nine out of our last ten, 10 going into the conference tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And Cole got and and Cole won three road games in our league and and got playing really good basketball at the right time. And I, I want to say, you know, Cole and Loris, I I think last year they both went on five game conference losing streaks. And then those are the two teams that are playing in the championship um, with, with both um, Nudge and Loris there. So it was, uh, it was a very, I think last year we had six really good teams and I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least five or six really, really good teams here. Once we start getting into February here and we're hoping to play our best basketball down the stretch, but you know, I think the, the Vegas trip was good for us last year. I don't think we, you know, we, we started playing, really good after that but at times we just didn't rebound and defend the way that we needed to at a championship level and that started getting better the last two weeks of the year three weeks of the year and that's when we won nine out of ten games going into their conference tournament yeah uh loris last year lost seven of 11 at one point with a four game slide at the end of that before winning three straight to get into that conference title game and lost to co co did have a five game losing streak and lost actually six of seven 
uh, at one point um, before walking into the NCAA tournament and losing to Wash U in the first round. So, yeah, um, certainly an interesting conference race. And that's what's been making interest about the American Rivers. Again, back to your point earlier. Everyone got fixated on Nebraska Wesley. They were so dominating there for a few years. National title, all of that. It's fascinating now. You can literally have a five-game losing streak in this conference and still be in a position where you can make a run at a conference title. It is definitely a deeper conference than it was five years ago. Yeah, and I think when Nebraska joined and and made some of that noise, I think it made our conference obviously a little bit stronger and um, I think some teams have, may have maybe scheduled a little bit harder. And we got a lot of, you know, with the WIAC and CCIW being right, right around us, there's, there's quality opponents that you can play and get, get tested. And, um, we try to challenge ourselves with a few tournaments, things like that, too. Uh, next year, we had over to Wheaton to play in their tournament. So, yeah, we, you know, I think our league has, has gotten stronger and stronger. And my goodness, what Nebraska and Dale did there a few years ago. Well, they we knew they were really good, and you know I think they went into the tournament not even ranked in the top twenty-five. But we're all like, man, they're they're probably going to beat a few teams, and they are hard to guard. And they they played that zone, which was different. Uh, so it was fun seeing them, you know, make a run like that. And I think uh, uh, you know it's it's up the ante for our league a little bit. I think our league is 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 finally maybe getting some notoriety, uh, a little bit more attention. And I think uh, I think we still have room to get better and better. And we we got to have teams continue to do well in the tournament to make that happen. But I certainly think our league has gotten stronger. And I think this is the best it's been. Even the couple years that we won the league here, I think this is probably the strongest that it's been just because there's so many returners that are on those top teams. Random question. You bring up scheduling because you guys have always had a pretty decent schedule for the most part. I don't think you've ever had those schedules with people look at and kind of shake their head going, geez, they're not even challenging themselves. I think you usually put again, put together a good uh, schedule. But for the last few years, you're associate dean of student engagement and intercollegiate athletics and senior women's administrator, because I love saying her entire title, has been Megan Wilson, who last year was the chair of the of the women's committee. She's still on the committee as of now. I'm curious. I know it's from the women's perspective, but do you talk with Megan and get a perspective of how do you schedule to give yourself the best chance, whether it be for an at-large or better yet, a chance to better position yourself in a bracket? Yeah, we haven't talked about that. She's doing a great job uh, at our place, and we're, we're happy to have her there. And we, we haven't talked really in depth about that, but – uh, you know, one of the things that changed kind of the landscape is when the WIAC got resurfaced and reshuffled into our region there. Yeah. So it's just changed a little bit of the regionally ranked opponent opportunities and things like that. So um, we understand, like, it's it's still going to be tough for us to probably our league to continually get that second bid. It's just it's a. Uh, it's an interesting, when you look at scheduling, it's such an interesting dynamic of what you're trying to do and where teams might be. And we schedule so far out that you might be playing a team that you think is going to be pretty solid and things maybe change with, you know, possibly the transfer portal, things like that. So um, it is definitely interesting. You can, you can definitely do your homework and have some pretty good ideas, but even sometimes when you, you think you've, you, you think you got things figured out the way you want them, some teams aren't as strong and things like that, but um, yeah, we haven't talked a lot about that, but we certainly know that, um, you know, with, with the WIAC in our, in our region there, it makes it very, very tough. And, and they are, you know, they've, they've done some, some, some great things in the tournament. So that's deservedly so. I, I know I got to let you go. You got a big uh, climb here on, on, up Diamond Head uh, to enjoy. Um, but I am curious before I let you go, we should point out you've got a D1 background. You played a little bit. Um, at a community college prior to transferring to a D1, played at Northern Iowa, got a coaching minor, by the way. Absolutely outstanding idea. Uh, Wish I had that around when I was – I would have dove into something like that. 
but you've been at D- at Division Three and at Dubuque primarily since two thousand and seven. You 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 seem invested. You don't seem like this. Maybe it was when you started. It was going to be that get prepared and and move on to the bigger and brighter things in the future. You're there. You're now settled. It doesn't seem like you're departing from the background of knowing D one and now being in D three. Why is this seemingly home? Yeah, well, kind of like what you said, it is it is kind of home. I grew up in Bellevue, about 20 miles south of Dubuque. Um, I ended up playing for Coach Greg McDermott my last year at UNI, and his his brother, Marty McDermott, got the head job at, at the University of Dubuque right when I got done playing after a year trying to play professionally. And I was able to come on as an assistant coach there, and it's it's home. My wife is, is from the Dubuque area. I have some older siblings that are that are all within the Dubuque 20-mile radius. So it's been home. I think if things were anywhere close to what they looked like when we first got there, I probably would have been long gone because we took we took a job that they were 2-23 and 23 the year before we got here. Um, in the mid-'90s, they had a stretch where they went 1-50. and 50. Um, So it was not looking real good in the mid-'90s with our university. And we've had some uh, – President Bullock and, and uh, Joe Clappity, a, 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 a Two big time important guys that have been huge with kind of transforming our institution. And, you know, if, if things were, I tell people, they've given us the resources to have a chance to be successful in our, you know, our facilities, our academic programs, everything has come basically full circle. So it has really, really changed. And um, I kind of found a home there. I love the, the Division Three model just with, with guy, having kids that want to be there and, and, and work hard and they're there to be student athletes. So it's, it's been an awesome fit. I probably wouldn't have guessed it, you know, 21 years ago, but it's been awesome and I've enjoyed it. And we've, you know, we feel like we've built something that's been um, sustainable and successful. And obviously we don't have all the answers and we're still trying to grow, but uh, we've done some good things and hopefully we can keep trying to make, uh, you know, get our team to that national level. Well, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Great to get your perspective on things. And I know we're taking your time from the beautiful uh, island of Hawaii and Honolulu and all of that. So we'll let you go. Enjoy Diamondback. Enjoy Pearl Harbor. Enjoy the games. Uh, definitely report back. I want to. I want to. I got to live vicariously through somebody. Uh, in the all meantime, right. we we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Well, just a few things. Like I said, our assistant coaches, our our players, obviously, are what makes us go. We've had we've had guys that have come and taken a chance on our university. So I I love our guys. I love our former players, our alumni. Um, my wife is back at home with our two kids. So they're really, that's like my other assistant coach. She's chasing those kids around and I'm trying to check up on them. I'll be watching my daughter on, uh, on a stream here uh, tomorrow. I think they play. So watching a sophomore high school game. And uh, so my wife has been awesome. Our parents, um, you know, our, our family has been crazy supportive and uh, it's been awesome. And we appreciate everything that you do there with D3 hoops there and, and, and promoting our, it is awesome. It is awesome basketball. I think, um, you know, people don't understand quite what it is at the at the really good programs, and, and we're trying to be one of those. But it is we, we certainly appreciate the coverage and, and what you guys do to promote our, our sports. And we love our student athletes here at UD, and hopefully we can keep making some noise. Hey, well, congrats. Uh, seriously, uh, the show isn't what it is. We don't get guests on like yourself, even from Hawaii. I appreciate you the carving the time out. It really means a lot to me. Enjoy the trip. Enjoy the games. Enjoy your holidays. And I'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Enjoy the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, Dave. Happy holidays. You too. Take care. That is Robbie Sieverding joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. 
Ken from Hawaii. Absolutely awesome that they're out there having that experience. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll talk Illinois College men's basketball. They're not in Hawaii, but we're certainly going to get a great perspective from them. You're listening to Hoops Hill presented by D3 Hoops. Back with more after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. 
The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Welcome back, everybody, to Hoopsville as we continue to roll along here. If you've got questions for us, you can always tweet us or email us or contact us via Facebook. Facebook web stream went down again. Zero idea why it decided to go off the air. So we got it back up and running. Um, there are some advantages to the way we have our system set up. So we are streaming it. Oh, no. We are now streaming again on Facebook. Um, I really wish I understood how that all works. Of course, we're also streaming on YouTube, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Um, you can interact with us there, too. we got a chat room going, or you can email us, all that stuff. Let's continue talking men's basketball, Illinois College. If you have not looked at what they've actually done in the last couple of seasons, you might be missing something pretty impressive. They were 25-3 and last year, finishing 15-1 and in the conference, the Midwest Conference. This season, they're undefeated at 10-0. and and they're 4-0 so far in conference play. They've lost three games. That's it in the last season and a half. Of course, one of those coming in the NCAA tournament in the opening round against Wheaton, a little bit bittersweet. The other two losses, second game of the season last year against Milliken, and then a random loss in late January to Cornell in conference play. The Blue Boys have been absolutely bonkers and certainly gotten top 25 voters taking a really good look at them and getting them into the poll. Steve Schwer, the head coach, is an Illinois Wesleyan grad. He certainly knows what it means to try and pull off a win in many ways and have a tough schedule. He joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline to talk all about it. We should point out you were traveling all day, so thanks yeah. very much for uh, carving out some of your evening. I'm sure you're exhausted. No worries. I, you know, it's it's always a good opportunity for us to get a chance to talk about our kids and our program, so I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity, and uh, everybody made it back safe. Had a good trip to Milwaukee, so uh, happy to be on. Yep, you guys were uh, played Milwaukee uh, just yesterday, Milwaukee School of Engineering, we should point out. Got a 72-68 win. That was your first game back after the exam break that you all had. You had gotten a win against, uh, well, you had gone four straight against conference prior to that. Um, Cornell, Ripon, Monmouth, and Lawrence. Um, this is, hey, listen, we're off to a good, another great start, right? And, and yeah. as I just said, three losses in, two, in a season and a half here, one of them being in the NCAA tournament against, let's be honest, a really good Wheaton squad. Really good. Um, this isn't where Illinois College has been. I don't know if you got the memo, but uh, two years ago it was fourteen and eleven. That was pretty good. Six and nineteen prior prior to the pandemic. Nine, sixteen, eighteen. Last time we go back to a winning season was thirteen, fourteen when they were thirteen and ten. Prior to that, 2010-2011, pretty uh, spectacular. At sixteen and eight. You were twenty five and three last year, Steve. You guys are way above what we expect out of Illinois college. It's got to be special there on campus right now. Yeah. You know, I, it's been, it's been really, really fun. I, I think, you know, we've, we try to take it one step at a time, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I, this is my sixth year now here and uh, we were able to really bring in some high quality kids who um, kind of, you know, jumped into the deep end when they were freshmen. I mean, we, we threw them into the fire and they, and they kind of had to figure things out for themselves and, um, so we, we struggled early and, and we, we were trying to sell them on the idea that we could do something that had never been done here. 
you know, our, our goal is, was, and remains to win, win our league on a yearly basis. And we had never done that before. We had never won the Midwest conference. Um, and so last year was our first year doing that. And it was, it was awesome because the kids that we had recruited really hard in our first cycle, you know, that we were pitching that to were seniors last year. So they went from, you know, that six and 19 year was their first year and we finished in dead last um, to last year, their senior year, being able to have the type of success that we did and, and be able to win the league and then, uh, you know, win the conference tournament, get a, get a chance in the, in the big dance. So, um, you know, it's been great. And and I, I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, we're having success across the board in our athletic department. You know, our, our, our football program won the conference tournament or a conference championship this year. Our soccer team won a conference championship this year. You know, volleyball finished second. We all these teams that, that are that are playing really well, really well for us makes it a special time to be at online college. So happy to be a part of it. Uh, but like you said, like our our kids have been great and and they they battle hard and and we've been able to come out on the right side of a lot of these things the last year and a half. That's the key, though, right? I mean, that's that's the the entire department is seeing this success. That seems to be the significant hook. And I've said it across Division Three. You can always have. Listen, I'm not going to. I'm going to go to a Division One reference, and maybe I'm a little bit off here. But Gonzaga, we all hear about men's basketball. We don't really hear about a ton of other sports there. So you get those one-offs. But when it's an entire department that's succeeding, it breeds more success because everyone has the confidence now, and it's not just the oh, it's basketball winning. We can't do that. No. Well, I, I think you're right, you know, and it's it's creates a pretty unique atmosphere, you know, and people want to follow teams that are having success. And so I feel like, you know, the Jacksonville community has been great rallying around our teams. And, and I think, you know, we're starting to get, you know, some people from from outside our area starting to notice for, for not just for, for us in men's basketball, but for all of our programs. And, you know, I think credit is due to obviously our student athletes, first and foremost, but you know, also our administration has done a great job of, of really committing to, you know, our, our athletic programs. And that starts from the president on down, you know, to, to our AD. And, and you know, it, we're, we're very fortunate, you know, and, and it's been this is a, this is a phenomenal fall, uh, you know, on the hilltop here in Jacksonville. And, and it's been really, really fun. And we're just trying to do our part. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm really proud of our guys. Obviously, we're off to a great start, um, and, and we want to keep that rolling. And, and we're just trying to continue to play the best that we can and, and try and raise the bar for for our program. Talking to Steve Swear here, head coach of the Blue Boys of Illinois College. What is What was last season's finale like from your all's perspective? Again, you had lost to Cornell back on January 25th. Pre- previously to that, it was a loss in you know the second game of the season on the 12th of November, you guys at this point had kind of gotten rolling with some good wins. I mean, it went over Brockport 79 63 last year was no joke of a win at all. Yeah. But it came to a crashing halt in the opening round at Wheaton in the NCAA tournament 79 66. What, what taste did that leave with you all? How did you react to that? And how has that moved into this season? Yeah. I, so, it was uncharted waters for us. I mean, honestly, like, we, you know, we we had never been in the tournament. None of our guys that have been in the national tournament. And and I guess I kind of equated on a bigger scale to, you know, in, in 21-22 when we made it to the conference tournament for the first time, we lost the Ripon uh, in, in the first game of, of the conference tournament. 
And our kind of our, our mentality moving on from there was we're not going to finish our season on a Friday again. Like we want to make it, we want to make it to the second game and give us a, give ourselves a chance for the, for the big prize. You know what I mean? And so that, that was kind of our mentality that season. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, the, the following year we were able to kind of finish it with the conference tournament. And then uh, again, we found ourselves in a place that we hadn't been before. And, and I, you know, we up against a team who had been and had fifth year guys that were really, really good. Um, and so, you know, I thought we went up there. I thought we competed. You know, the the first half, if you you know, you watch, we missed forty shots in that game, and some of that I give Wheaton a lot of credit. They're a good defensive team, but some of that, if you watch the film, like we we missed five or six layups in the first half, um, and and I think we I don't think we were that far off. I mean, we played them even in the second half. I, I know that doesn't matter. Nobody cares about the score at halftime and all that other stuff. Like we we weren't good enough to win that game, and credit to Wheaton, they they were a phenomenal team. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm hopeful that maybe if we're able to be lucky enough to get back there, that the stage is not going to be too big for us. Um, you know, and, and we're going to feel maybe a little bit more comfortable, uh, going into a place that we've been before. You know, I, in all likelihood, we're, we're going to be on the road somewhere. Um, and, and that's okay. You know, our mentality is the same. What we, we want to play to our standard on, on a nightly basis. Um, we want to compete as hard as we possibly can. We want to defend at a high level, uh, and we want to make things tough for our opponents. And and we think if we do that uh, the way that we're capable of, that we're going to have a chance in, in any game that we play. Your team is surprisingly young. You've got three graduate or indoor seniors, three yeah. juniors, uh, four sophomores, and a load of freshmen. Yep. You know, we were just talking to, to Coach Sieverding at, um, at Dubuque, where it's a bit of a balance, but he's got that senior group, that older group that certainly has a lot of experience. We talk about a lot of people. How are you doing this, especially right now, with such a young team and maybe less of that, at least on the roster, of that senior leadership that you normally would see? Right. So, I mean, a big piece of it is that our, our senior class last year was gigantic. Um, it was We had like nine guys on the roster that were seniors and uh they were great like i said that was that first group that we brought in and we knew that we were going to lose a lot of those guys so we had to have you know a good class of freshmen this year which i we i think we were successful with us you know we've got a couple guys that are getting some time from us out of that group but there's a lot of guys that are kind of waiting in the wings that we're really really excited about um you know so we certainly have some talented young people but our senior group right now our, all three of the, those guys were really significant players for us last year. And so they're all have kind of stepped into even more of a leadership role. Um, and I think we have some eager young guys who are willing to listen and learn, uh, which I think is sometimes rare, um, you know, for, for high caliber players to come in and really try to embrace the fact that there's some people who have a little bit more experience and have been, been around the block before and, and really try to, pay heed to the things that they're telling them. And, and I think that's been really important for us, you know, so the, the three seniors that we have all started last year, that's Jake Maz, Nestor DeBoyne and Jackie's Tippett. Those guys all started for us last year. And then we've got another junior uh, who started every game for, or most of the games for us last year, Buzz Ritzel is a great player. And then a, another junior who came off the bench is kind of our sixth man last year, but played starter minutes. So, 
we, we've got a lot of experience back in our in our top group. Um, but beyond that, we're you know we we've had to work our way through you know some bumps and figuring out what our rotation looks like and and having some guys that haven't necessarily had varsity time before trying to figure out uh, their roles. And so uh, it's been a work in progress. But you know we've been we've been guarded. You know we've really been defending well. And so like I said, you know on nights where we've struggled on the other end, we, we've been able to still be in games and fortunately come out on the right side so far this year. We should point out the three in double figures in terms of scoring, at least on the stat sheet for the season, are the upperclassmen in Ritzel and, and Mazermas uh, and Harris. By the way, Josh Harris, he's, he's not related to Josh Harris from Deadliest Catch, right? We're, we're, you didn't somehow pull in the, the captain to play basketball, right? No? No, no. Okay. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I'm glad you got the reference. I appreciate yeah. that the very most. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those are the three guys that are in, leading the way in terms of scoring. You've certainly got three more at six-plus points in, in Davian, Tippett, and Thompson. So, obviously, the underclassmen have a role. But you're also, as we were just talking with Coach Sieverding, you're also playing a lot of players. I mm-hmm. mean, you you are not afraid to put someone on the court, are you? As he put it, you got to get them experience. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, we've we've got some guys that can really do some things. I mean, the two freshmen that that play significant minutes for us right now are Seth Doss and and Austin Robinson, and they're both you know bigger guys that kind of bang around on the inside and and play really hard and rebound the basketball. And they're both going to be great players for us over the next four years. And we've been trying to find ways to get them in uh, as much as we can. And uh, you know, Austin. And both of them really played played big roles for us in the second half. Nestor was a little banged up, and so uh, of our just in our last game, but they've done a nice job, um, you know. And then some of the other guys, Ty Lenhart has got come come in and got minutes for us off the bench. He had he had 18 points against Milliken, um, and you know he he was here last year, but he was hurt. Um, so really, he's kind of a freshman, anyways. We have another guy, Nick DeRoskin, who's just like that, and he's tr- still trying to get his feet underneath him. Um, you know, Marcus Coleman's a, a freshman from from St. Louis that, you know, has gotten some sporadic minutes for us and we're excited about him. Um, you know, and, and there's a whole host of other guys, too. We just, you know, Matt Thompson is another guy that I mean, he's he's been really scoring the ball for us nicely off the bench. And he's a junior, but he hadn't played any significant minutes for us prior to this year. So even some of the guys that are playing the bigger roles for us off the bench are guys that, you know, this is their first varsity time. So we've had to uh, kind of figure that out. You know, like last year, all the guys we turned to that were coming off the bench were all seniors, except for Josh. So, like, you know, they've been around forever, and you know exactly what you're going to get from them, and, and they're steady and all the other stuff. And now we go into a new year, and we've got that top group who's a great nucleus who, is, who has been through the fire a little bit, but then we've got a bunch of other guys who are – trying to figure out, you know, how they fit. And and that's not always easy for them or or for the team as a whole. Um so but but you're right. You know, we try we try to get guys in. We those young guys got to get on the floor and and sometimes it's, you know, quick spurts, but you know, the more times that we can do that, the better off I think we're going to be down the road. We should point out uh and I probably should have mentioned it earlier. Six of those guys are are that we that you're playing are averaging 20 plus minutes a game. Um you've got Two others that are eight and nine uh, minutes. Everybody else kind of gets more sporadic minutes. So, yeah, you're playing a lot of guys, but not obviously you're leaning on those six um, far more than the rest. Uh, Up ahead, that's kind of the reason we had you on. Uh, You got Augustana coming up here on the 21st, then you'll take a break for the holidays, then you'll head to Otterbine where you're playing Covenant on one side of that. I'm not sure who's on the other. Um, 
It's Otterbein and Adrian. Adrian, right. That's what it was. Uh, good little tests here. Um, dip your toes in the water again in the CCIW with an Augustana team. Maybe that isn't what we're used to, but you'll get some good tests. Otterbein certainly could potentially be a big game for you guys before you pivot back into conference play and start off with uh, Beloit, Rippon, and Knox. How important is this next couple of weeks in terms of maybe not wins and losses, but what you guys want to get accomplished or or at least kind of get through to get yourself ready to get back into conference action? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, our, our goal, like I said, every year is to try and win our league. And so we look at our opportunities in the non-conference as, as chances for us to try and elevate our level of play and try to correct some things that maybe need to ha- to be corrected before we get back into conference play. We're going to be doing that against good teams. You know, Augustana is a good team. I don't. It doesn't matter to me what their record is. I, they're good every year. They got good players. They're well coached, and we're on the road for all three of these games. Um, so, you know, we're going to go and and battle uh, the best we can, and and hopefully, like I said, play to our standard. I mean, that that's we harp on that continuously. Like we need to compete at a high level. We need to fight for every possession. We need to value every possession. We need to guard like it, every single possession is the most important in the entire game. And and those are the things that we're continuing try to try to work towards. Uh, Forty minutes of intensity, um, and we've done a good job in spurts. Um, and and if we want to win these games coming up, we're going to have to do even better. Um, and and the closer we can get to that, the better off we're going to be once we start back up with conference play. But you know. It's. I said. I said this the other day. Like, it's really, really hard to win one game. Like, it is so hard to win a game. And so, uh, like, we. I don't even. I haven't even started thinking about what's going to happen for us in Ohio. Like, we just got. I'm, I'm starting to watch film on on Augie and trying to get us ready for practice tomorrow morning. And you know, we're going to do the best we can there. And then hopefully we can maybe learn a lesson or two from that guys would get home and get some rest and be with family over Christmas. And then we're going to come back and get after it again, you know, and, and the, the trip to out to Ohio is good for us because it's about six hours and that's the farthest we go in our league. Uh, we have a couple trips that are about six hours, but that's also could be the farthest that we would go if we're able to make the national tournament in a bus. So, to me, going on the road and playing against a good team on, you know, hopefully I like we got we got to play Covenant first. I mean, they 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 can beat us too. So if we get a chance to play against the host team, like, you know, hopefully this is something that we can use as preparation for us if we're able to continue to be successful uh throughout the rest of the season. We should point out Beloit's eight and two right now, Grinnell's eight and two, Knox six and three, Monmouth five and five, then it's kind of a fall off to the rest. We all know what Grinnell brings to the table. They're the wild card in this entire group and what you got to get ready for twice a year. But what are you expecting from this conference in general? Who can give you the biggest test to try and you know thwart your chances at what you want in another conference crown and another NCAA tournament berth? You know, and I don't, I don't mean to, to – this is not a cop-out, and I'll, I'll give it a caveat in a second. I'm going to get the it, uh, sad trombone ready. Go ahead. Yeah, it's 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 a dogfight in every single game. You know, when you play in, a, in league games, like every single team could beat you. Uh, you know, and we've we've got a couple teams that you know have struggled early. That that I don't think that that's going to be the the case for for the remainder of the of the conference season. You know, I, I 
we've had a couple of teams get guys hurt that, that are significant for them and they're going to come back and Ripon, you know, has played, I mean, they're, they're, they've struggled a little bit so far this season, but they have an, an incredible schedule and, and, you know, they play team stuff and they compete hard and they, they've got some good players. You know, Beloit is old and been together for since they were young. You know, they're, they got a bunch of seniors and they really compete and they guard and they're physical, you know, and so they're, and, it's not a surprise to me, honestly, that they are where they are, where they're at. I, you know, they, I thought they were good last year. They just were, came up short in some of those games and to have all those guys back, you know, and then you, you mentioned Grinnell, you know, they're hard to play against, you know, the, the way they play is, is difficult to prepare for. And it's a challenge mentally for your guys. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's just tough. Those are just tough games. And then, you know, Knox is playing really well and they've added some new pieces there that are, you know, really nice for them. And, they're, they're, we've got good teams in our league and they're, and they're well coached and they prepare and, and they compete. And so, you know, again, we're, we're just hoping that we can continue to trend in the right direction as we go through the season and, and hopefully continue to get better so that we're playing our best at the end of the season. And, and you know, hopefully we're in the top four, we get a chance to play for the tournament, uh, you know, and, and if we can win that, then we get a chance at the big one. And, and that's kind of where we want to be. So we'll see. Um, we mentioned earlier, you, uh, Graduate of Illinois Wesleyan, as we've talked about in the past, um, you were there with their team that last made it to the Final Four, if memory serves. Um, not too bad. I, I, you weren't a bad player at all. Uh, you certainly <laughs> had your moments, uh, I believe. Uh, let's see. I'm double-checking because I was genuinely curious. 2.4 points per game uh, in yeah. the 5 season. I mean, that was solid, yeah. more than I had. You know, here, this is what I tell everybody, like, if you play, if you play with the guys that I play with, like you, I they right, should not, they shouldn't have let me shoot the ball at all, and I, <laughs> and I hardly did. But you know, I it probably might have not even been a good decision when I did. I probably should have given it to one of them. So. <laughs> well, my genuine question though is, I went and double checked the schedule since you became head coach at Illinois College. There's, there's not been a game against Illinois Wesleyan anywhere on the schedule. Yeah. We're Do I need to make a call to the Titans scheduling guru, Bob Quillman, to figure out why the obvious game has not taken place? Or is Ron Rose now officially scared of you and he's not taking your calls? <laughs> I, I'm trying enough. to I'm literally trying to spin up trouble as best yeah, I can. Well, it's it's working probably. Uh it, <laughs> we uh it's we're working on it. We're working on it. I you know, I uh, they, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of respect for for Ron and obviously for for the program and and we, we're close, so like we sh- we should play. And uh, I, I've been uh, talking to them about the potential of maybe getting in their tournament, um, you know. And so I'm I'm hopeful that you know coming up soon, you know, we can see that matchup. Uh, I would love to see that just for a nostalgic point of view, yeah. um, but also just it shows where your program has gotten. In comparison, I, I'm I'm sure, and this is no shot at you or Ron, but I'm pretty sure um, three, four years ago, that's not a game they want to pick up necessarily because it doesn't help them get what they need accomplished or their or their resume or anything. But right now, that's a, that's a pretty good one to have, and and it's worth worth going after. So this is where you brought the program. So now that we can have this conversation, you can take an hour and a half long bus ride. And, and or have them take the hour and a half long bus ride and play each other. Yeah, no, and there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, the the reality is like as we've continued to get better, like we, 
you know, we've got other teams that are wanting to play against us and we're searching out games that are going to challenge us in, in different ways. And, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thankful that we're in that position, but I, but I will say, you know, like, again, I, I, I want the credit for where we're at as a program to, to belong to our players. You know, they, they've been the ones that have really bought into what we're trying to do. And they've been the ones that have put in the work and they're scoring all the baskets and getting all the stops. And so, you know, they, they deserve the credit for this. And we've had tremendous, tremendous kids come through here in the last six years uh, that have, they're all moved on to do really great things once they've been done. And what I think probably what I'm most proud of and, and one of the things that we set off to, to do when we first started here was to build something that people are proud enough of that they want to keep coming back. And to see a lot of the guys that have graduated over the last course of the last few years coming back to watch our games and and meet our new guys and spend time around the program, I think is probably one of one of the things I'm most proud of. Well, I appreciate you humoring us, uh, and congratulations to say the least. I know it took more time than I expected. We're running no. behind, but I really appreciate the insight. And I know we had you on last year. I'm, admittedly, I, I barely remember what we talked about. Yeah. Um, but I do appreciate just a different perspective here pre-Christmas, sure. pre-turn uh, of the year, to yep. get an idea of how you all are doing. Congratulations on where the program is, the top 25 attention and all that. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, no, I just uh, thanks again for everything that you do. You know, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Illinois College and, you know, our, our basketball program. Like I said, we've got we've got great kids here who work really hard at it and they deserve, you know, some of the attention that they're getting. Uh, but but just a general thanks for for everything that you do for for basketball at our level and D3 hoops in general. This is a this is a special special level of ball and, and a lot of really great people here. And, and I, I appreciate, I know a lot of other coaches appreciate all that you do for us. So thank you so much. Well, thanks Steve. Certainly not necessary, but I appreciate it all the same. Uh, enjoy uh, the, the rest of the season, no matter what happens. Hopefully we're talking about you on a selection show in the future and okay. um, enjoy it at the very least. Will do. Thanks Dave. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Steve Schwer joining us here. On the Hoopsville Hotline, great to talk to him about the Blue Boys and how well they're playing. Again, uh, they've got Augustana coming up here in a good game on the 21st. Then they'll be at Otterbein for that game against Covenant. Uh, and probably Otterbein, uh, but Adrian on the other side. Then they get back in a conference play. Should be a doozy. We'll take a break. When we come back, pivot. We'll head out to the East Coast. Hopefully they've dried out outside Philadelphia. Talk women's basketball with Fred Richter and the Bulldogs of the sales. You listen to Hoopsville. Presented by D3 Hoops. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, More fans than Division Two, And more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University New England and from Hope to Cal. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. I used to 
never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division three schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal training and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue along on this uh, Monday, the 18th, I think I said Thursday somewhere. My brain is fried. A reminder, though, that Thursday show will not be taking place. Um, we will be uh, live on the air, back on the air on January 4th. Um, Daryl Duncan on our YouTube simulcast says, always enjoy your interviews with the coaches. My Whitworth men try to halt a two-game losing streak when they play those Dubuque men. Ugh. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, good luck with that, Daryl. That is a good Dubuque team that you're going to face, of course, in Hawaii. So I have zero sympathy for anybody out there playing in those games. Um, if you want to interact with us, this information's at the bottom of your screen. We're live simulcasting on YouTube and Facebook. You can certainly chat with us there if you want. You can also email us, hoopsal at d3sports.com. Scoring update that I, I meant to give at the end of last segment, and I totally forgot. Big score, big upset. 
In overtime, North Park loses to Dominican on the men's side of things. 89-86. Dominican, the win with that. That's a surprising loss for a pretty good North Park team. We'll, we'll, we'll dive in and take a look at other scores around Division Three uh, later on the broadcast, but we wanted to get that one out. Thanks to Ryan Scott for pointing it out to me. All right, talking women's basketball, DeSales Bulldogs once again having a tremendous season. Fred Richter's squad seems to never go away. 27-2 last season, 22-4 the season before that. Before pandemic, it was 23-5, 27-3 respectively. Um, this season, they are 7-1, a tough loss to an interesting Muhlenberg squad in the opening game of the season and a low-scoring affair, 44-41. They took it out on Elizabeth. Uh, St. Elizabeth, the next game, winning 94-53. Just got a big win over Messiah, 64-46. Admittedly, a Messiah squad who is 7-2 and two and kind of looking interesting this season. Not Maybe not that powerful team we know. They've got a big game coming up against Scranton here in uh, Tuesday, tomorrow. And then they'll be down at Daytona Beach to take on Principia and Hamlin before they jump back into a different Mac Freedom. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline to discuss all of that with us is the head coach of the DeSales Bulldogs women's team. It's Fred Richter. Coach, as always, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Dave, for having me. I really do appreciate being on. Listen, uh, first off, nationally ranked, no surprise there. Let's just start with the Muhlenberg result because I have a gut feeling um, that didn't sit well with you on November 15th, the day after the game. 44-41 in a low-scoring affair, the game just down the road, and I literally mean just down the road against Muhlenberg. You scored only six points in the fourth quarter, and the team shot 24% from the floor. I'm sure that was a lovely uh, day of the 15th. It was an ugly game. Uh, there's no doubt about it. We were one for 20 from the field in the fourth quarter and scored six points after having a lead in the fourth quarter and going into the fourth quarter, uh, taking nothing away from Muhlenberg at all. They, they do have some talent. There's no doubt about that. We were playing at their place. It was our first game and we were the uglier of the, uh, two teams in an ugly game. Um, uh, we learned a lot about what we want to be, not who we were that night, and uh, we've made lots of progress since then. Ron Roan certainly has a, a way of taking teams and frustrating them with his own team. Um, and I say that with all the love in the world for Ron. Since then, though, undefeated win over Susquehanna that we we meant, didn't mention. Centenary, which flying a little under the radar, they're actually having a pretty good season. you got to Went over them by 16. As we said, you dominated Messiah. Really, when you look at the results, other than that Muhlenberg game, you are absolutely controlling teams this season. Uh, our schedule has been interesting. We've had uh, one home game in that 7-1 and one record, uh, and that was Immaculata and one of our pink days, uh, Jimmy V, uh, classic uh, for us. Uh, we um, uh, played very well in the Messiah game defensively and at their place again. Uh, so we're... Um, we're road tested, and this is only our second home game coming up tomorrow night with Scranton, and we're looking forward to that as well. That's a big game. Scranton comes in ranked. You guys come in ranked. Um, Scranton has been playing extremely well despite coaching changes due to the success of coaches there. You all certainly know each other well. This is a big pre-Christmas tilt for the two of you. It, it has a lot on the – not on the line. I don't want to say it that way. But it will have a lot of ramifications down the road. 
it could very well be, even though we're in different regions uh, and each regional ranking, it, it should be significant. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, and uh, with our league games coming up in January, uh, we really would like to, to get a couple more wins uh, under our belt and, uh, and feel real good about actually having seven home games and seven away games in the second half of the season in uh, 2024. Scranton is very tough, loaded with uh, guards, some tough inside people. Uh, they're very deep, uh, watched a lot of tape. Uh, I'm very impressed with them. Yeah, they're undefeated. Unfortunately, Mer- <laughs> absolutely rolled over my alma mater, 98-31, in their last game out. I wasn't going to mention it, but it is their last game out, so I got to mention it. 98-31 was certainly a shellacking, though that was 10 days ago. They've been dealing with their exams, as everybody has, so there certainly are plenty yes, of distractions. But nothing against Goucher. My Again, my alma mater, in 10 days' time, they go from them to you with exams in between. I have a feeling, you know, this is a tough test for them. What are you hoping to throw at them? And I don't want you to give away the game plan necessarily, but what are you hoping to do that is going to be key to to getting a win? I think we're coming from the same place they are. We're pressure, man-to-man defense teams. We like to press. We like to run. Uh, They might count on the three ball a little more than we do. Uh, We count on uh, getting out into the lanes and going. if we don't get that many fast break looks, then we've got to be doing a, a very good job of running our half-court offense. Uh, and they'll probably feel the same way. Uh, we mirror each other. We really do. And uh, if you watch our tape and their tape, uh, you'll, you'll see a whole lot of similarities. I don't know that either team is going to change what they do for this game. But it's also a NCAA tournament type of game here in mid-December that I'm sure you're going to be able to win or lose reference and use in terms of getting your team prepared, not only the rest of the season, but come March when, when you're right back in this spot, you you guys lost the NCAA tournament last year to Mary Washington in a close affair. I'm assuming this Scranton game has a lot of meaningful options for you, no matter what happens tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, as far as learning how to deal with uh, good pressure uh, and learning how to uh, uh, use our uh, pressure as well, I, I think we'll find out against a very good team uh, what we need to work on down the road as well. But this is a uh, this is a true uh, uh, tried and tested D uh, three powerhouse that we're playing. Uh, we scrimmaged them last year. We lost to them at their place the year before in some very uh, competitive basketball. A lot of fun to watch us play each other. At least yeah, that's hope- what I've been told. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly. Lo- yeah, I'm going to say. I'm sure from your perspective on the bench, it's a little bit different. I'm looking forward to hopefully tuning into it. it's a 5 p.m. start for anybody who's interested on the 19th. Interesting enough, only three wins over over the Royals in the last 15 games. Does that mean anything? Uh, not really. Um, a lot of things have have changed uh, in that respect, especially from their side on the uh, coaching aspect, but. Uh, the talent levels are very similar. We, we finished uh, the last time we beat them was a third of three times in a row. And, uh, and then we've lost the last three games. I haven't looked back that far. I've looked at the last six times that we've played. Um, our girls know their girls. Their girls know us pretty well also. So uh, they, you're right. There's, there's a lot riding on it. And a lot of it has to do with pride and uh, a, a little of the, uh, the street value of uh, who got who. 
Yeah, fair. I get that. Um, let's talk about your team. You got one graduate student. You got two, three, four, five. I can't do math. Let's see here. Uh, four seniors and a graduate student, one junior, a load of sophomores, and a handful of freshmen. This is as good as you're playing, and I would argue maybe one of the better teams you've had, considering last year's team was bonkers good as well. It's surprisingly young in terms of how many freshmen you have, and and yes, five seniors, but that's kind of where it is. It's it's a senior freshman type team, right? Well, I'm sorry, sophomore uh, we're, senior we're, team. I, I spoke that wrong. Yeah, we, we are um, very much experienced with those five seniors. Uh, four of them have started uh, most of their career uh, and uh, with uh, Meg Beeler and uh, uh, our, our center uh, doing uh, a lot of damage. Uh, that, that's, that's for darn sure. Uh, we are uh, um, senior, senior minutes. If you take a look at the minutes played, those five seniors take up a lot of our minutes. And, uh, and there's good reason for that because of their experience, their size, and our, our ability to get up and down the court and defend. We, we do uh, uh, start a sophomore at the point guard, Michaeli Dunmoyer, uh, and then it's the four seniors with Michaela Reese and Meg Beeler and Liv Scotty and, and Lindsay Welsh. And then Amelia Saunders comes off the bench, and she, she's a, a very good player and a very good shooter as well. Uh, we go into uh, a, uh, a sophomore and a freshman coming off the bench on the inside, and then two freshmen back up the point guard, and then we have a transfer who is our fourth guard uh, uh, on the wing. So uh, we, you're right. We do have a pretty good mix, but I think if you look at the five seniors, we go as they go. That makes total sense. We should point out um, Reese is leading the team at 16 points a game. Of course, she's one of those seniors, as you mentioned. Beeler, oh, wait, another – she's the grad student she's second on the team in scoring at at 12.9 9.5 from Lindsay welsh and you've got a, a whole mess of other players who are certainly contributing but it's it is that core group um does this feel like a, a season you need to take advantage of absolutely um we graduate those five young ladies and um they're hard to re- replace uh lots of experience lots of wins behind them and uh and and play our style as well as just about any team that I've coached. That's saying a lot, Fred. You've coached a lot of really good teams. Yeah. Well, I don't know that any of them are as experienced as this one is, to be honest with you. Now, uh, you know, we obviously we don't have Leanne Burke or Kim Rarick or or Morgan Vermillion and, and play young ladies like that uh, are all Americans that have just been wonderful. But uh, the, these young ladies uh, that I have now, I, I count on, I trust. Uh, they're likable. They're coachable. Uh, they're fun to be around. You are in your 34th season in Center Valley. You have accumulated uh, 646 wins against 252 losses. You know, a winning percentage of about 72%. That is a heck of a career, uh, especially all of it there at DeSales. What is what has that evolution been like from your perspective of to this point, 34 seasons in now, and still having such a successful rate year in and year out? Well, I, I think recruiting, as many of us know, you, you get some good players. We're, we're Right now, we have some long players who can press and run, and uh, and that's that's what we've been after. And uh, we've had some, some very um, – some tremendous success in the last five or six years. 
And, and I think that really breeds uh, more success. Uh, but we, we put in lots of work, uh, lots of work uh, on, in the gym and in the recruiting trail and, and trying to put together teams that play the style that, that we're best known for, getting after you for 90 feet and 94 feet, depending on how long the court is these days, and just, just doing what we do. Yeah, I know a lot of teams that just dread seeing your defense show up on the floor, uh, even though they know it's coming. Uh, in those 34 years, you've certainly seen a lot of different versions of a conference. This one's another twist on the Mac Freedom as Lebanon Valley has come over. As the door is always turning in the Mac, it seems. Um, when one door opens, another one definitely opens. Um, you know, you had the switches with Lyco and, and Wilkes, and now you got to switch with Leb Val. It, it does it ever settle down? You know, when, when we first joined the Mac about 26 years ago, uh, I thought that was a cat's meow. We had Kings, we had Scranton one year, all three of us made the tournament. Uh, it, we, we were just loaded uh, on both sides. And, and then uh, people took off and we stayed. And, uh, and it, it's changed. There's no doubt about it. This eight-team league, I like a lot. That We don't have a bye. Uh, Wilkes and Lebanon Valley have moved on. And, and uh, Lebanon, uh, excuse me, Wilkes and Lycoming have moved on. Lebanon Valley adds something to the conference. We've had uh, tremendous success against the two that are leaving. Val will create a different situation. It allows us to play Scranton and Messiah and teams like that uh, in the uh, uh, offseason uh, and non-league games. And, and that helps us as well. I'd like to think there's going to be some stability. Can't predict that, but I, I'd like to think that we. <laughs> yeah, can wait stay five there. minutes, right? I mean, who knows? Yes. No, I agree. I do like that you're you're in a little bit more of a of a lower number in terms of league play, so you can go out there and get those games against the Scrantons and the Messiahs and the like, uh, the Muhlenbergs for that matter, Susquehanna, and some good teams around you because there's certainly a lot of good basketball between Washington D.C. and New York City that you can dip your toes into. Speaking of which, though, you're heading down to Daytona, Florida, Daytona Beach, Florida, to play a couple of games. What's interesting is once you're first, you're playing Principia and Hamlin, not not exactly teams you would normally pick up in a regular season. Coach, both games are at 10 a.m. What is that all about? Well, I, I'm uh, not necessarily crazy about it. Uh, but I wouldn't reality either. Is, <laughs> reality is... Uh, the sometimes a men's game still rules because if you look at the schedule for the rest of the day, after the 10 and 11 o'clock games and maybe 12 at the latest, it's all men's games. Uh, now, you talk to some of my ladies, and uh, that means that they're out on the beach at uh, 1230 in the afternoon, and, uh, <laughs> and, and maybe they like that more. Uh, it, it is going to be an, an adjustment. Our, our plane leaves at 6 a.m. and from Philly, and it leaves from uh, uh, Daytona Beach at 6 am at the end of the at the end of the show as well on, on uh, New Year's Eve so it's it's a lot of early time but it does leave a lot of time for the ladies to experience what they hope will be some great weather and so do I listen I shouldn't knock it too much that is our our friends at sport tours running that event in Daytona as well uh, yes. so I certainly see the schedule and I know there's some good teams that are going to be there as well it's interesting Husson women are at that event in Daytona the Husson men are at our event with sport tours in Las Vegas. By the way, we got to get you and the men's team in Vegas. When are you going to make this happen when you get both teams, including bring BJ along with you? All right. Well, he, here's the deal. I, I like the tournaments, and that's where we raise our money, in-season tournaments. Our men's team likes to go to Europe once every four years. So um, 
And we got, uh, well, the, we did, uh, we did Las Vegas at least five times. Yeah. We've loved uh, and, having you. Yeah. And it, it, it's great. We enjoyed it. Uh, we talked a lot about what uh, a little better weather might bring a little closer distance in respect to flight time, maybe bring the prices down, whatever the case may be. We're looking forward to this experience at Daytona Beach. I don't know that you'll ever catch the men and women headed to uh, Vegas together or Daytona Beach together. I just don't think it'll happen. Come on, Fred. I, I need something from you here. I need, you, I need you to lean on that athletics director of yours and tell him how it's really supposed to be. <laughs> well, we get along extremely well, but we have different ideas of what we want to do with our fundraising money. And BJ's Touché. been along on our trip a number of times back in the day. He's been to Vegas with us two or three times. No, no, absolutely. Just having a lot of fun. It, uh, it just couldn't resist taking a shot at Scott if I could without him being around. Um, heck, I even dragged BJ into that conversation. I'm sure I'm going to be all, sure. all. I'm, I'm sure I'll get a few texts from people you know, by tomorrow. Hey, Fred, really appreciate the time. Great insight on a team. You are you are playing bonkers well. I, I'd i be surprised if Bolera Hall wasn't going to be the site of some great games, not only in conference play, but maybe into March. I wish you all the best of luck. Congratulations on where you are. I hope you keep coaching for a little longer as well. We enjoy chatting with you. But as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Well, Dave, D3hoops.com has been a, a really important part of uh, us getting to be known nationally as far and as well as our travel. Uh, we really appreciate your coverage. Uh, the MAC is one of the oldest leagues in the country, and we're proud to be part of it and represent it re- as much as we can in the NCAAs as well. Well, you do well, and you certainly are off to another tremendous start to this season. By the way, thanks to your uh, wife on the technical help. We should give her oh, some I public shout-out. Believe me. <laughs> I needed it, believe me. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, too. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your evening to join us, Fred. Take care of yourself. Look forward to catching up with you down the road, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you somewhere. Thank you. Again, appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Thank you, Fred. Enjoy your holidays. You, too. Fred Richter joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Great to chat with him. As I just love chatting uh, to sales basketball with Fred. And listen, they are a dangerous team, people. Keep an eye on them. Um, We could be talking a good little run there from the Bulldogs. I look forward to seeing how it plays out. That game against Scranton, 5 o'clock on Tuesday. Worth tuning into as well. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Hope Men's Women's Coach, sorry, Brian Morehouse. Great, insightful chat with him. I loved our conversation as well. Probably one of the best I've had with Brian, and we've had some good ones. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school, you primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you.
It's on us. Actually going to cut that off, get things rolling, because we got some great chats to go, and we're a little bit behind schedule. But thanks for tuning in. Hoopsville here on this Monday evening, the 18th. If I've said Thursday earlier on, just ignore me. My brain is in other gears. Um, earlier today, I got a chance to talk to Brian Morehouse, the Hope women's basketball team, once again playing well. Surprisingly, and I do mean this seriously, surprisingly 8-1 and one on the season, because I don't think anybody would expect a Hope women's team to lose before they get into conference play. But they played some good games, as we talk about here with Brian, their one loss coming to Wisconsin Lutheran. This, I've talked to Brian more and I'll talk about it later, but this might have been one of my favorite conversations as Brian joined us earlier today to talk about his team. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Hope Women's Basketball Team. Seems you're on the show all the time, Brian, but we never get you this time of year, so we thought we'd try it a little different. It's Brian Morehouse from Hope. Welcome to the show as always, sir. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It's a uh... We, we love what you do for the game. Uh, Division three has uh, been propelled infinitely forward by your energy and D3 hoops because uh, we don't always have a platform. And you've provided that for us and made uh, our, our sport on the women's side especially uh, even more relevant than what I already think it is. And it's shown a great spotlight on what is a great product right now uh, in women's basketball. Well, thanks, Brian. I agree with you. I think it's it's absolutely fun to watch, not to mention the fact it is getting deeper. I think that oh, yeah. testament is being shown not only in last year's tournament, where you guys fell maybe earlier than many would have expected, but to a very good basketball team. More importantly, you already have had a loss this year to really, I think, a sneaky good Wisconsin Lutheran team, even in history. They've always been kind of a tough team. But we're seeing that depth, Brian. It's not just about, you know, the top five or ten teams now. There's 25, 30, 40 teams that are certainly competitive now, and and I'm probably even shortchanging that. I would agree. I think the depth is greater than it's ever been in my 28 years, and um, there's just so many due to transfers, some of it, um, due to just women's basketball improving. And, uh, you know, back in the day, you had, one or two kids that could dribble on a team and everybody else played forward or post. And uh, now everybody can dribble and uh, we're running a lot more complex defenses and offenses and having kids that can make shots. So uh, the game is as healthy as it's ever been. And it's uh it's fun to coach. And it's uh, I think it's, it's fun to watch. Per that, does it make recruiting a little bit more challenging or being that your hope? And I mean that legitimately because you guys have certain intangibles that attract the, the student athletes you're looking for does it make recruiting a little bit more challenging or is it easier because there's actually a lot more talent out there i think it makes it more difficult uh on a couple different avenues um one uh we don't have a graduate school so grad transfers can't come here good point uh, yeah. so that makes it more difficult for us number two i just think like because they're because of the internet live streams um, Twitter, social media, like there aren't, you don't have secrets anymore. There aren't kids hiding. You know, we used to know where certain kids were. And I was like, I don't think anyone's going to look as hard as we did to find that kid. We're going to get better. Um, now I think it's a, you know, it's a lot more even playing field. Um, and then I think, um, you know, the next big piece that's happening is like the NIL is going to tilt D3 on its head. And then we're going to have to make some real big decisions that are, some schools already have it, but it's going to, it's going to come and there's going to be some big decisions that need to be made. Now that's, that's a gentle way of saying that there's definitely going to be a, 
a bit of a coming to whatever uh, conversation at a lot of colleges, and we'll see how that plays out. And we certainly will talk more in depth about that in the in the new year. We should point out we're already working on a, a lot of that, Brian. This is a team, again, as we mentioned, lost the NCAA tournament maybe sooner than many expected in what was one of the more exciting tournaments I think we've had in a long time. You guys reset literally five new starters coming into this season. Granted, they've been with the program, but still new roles for them, new expectations. And you're out to an 8-1 and one start. Is that what you expected with knowing you were going to have a bit of a turnover this, this uh, offseason? Well, I think expected and in a best case scenario, hope for those are two different things. Um, True. I no, I, I think it would be difficult to say with, with a really good um, schedule that we had put together and it only gets harder tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Um, you know, I, I think eight and one would have been um, an aggressive uh, thing, but I also was able to watch how hard, uh, these women worked this fall. Um, the earlier start time aided us tremendously, tremendously. I, I don't know that a school in the nation replaced five starters. Maybe they did, but I don't know who they are, but we did. And I know that, you know, September and October, even though it was seven practices, made all the difference in the world for us. So um, very excited about where we're at. Uh, love the growth of our team. Um, you know, we're going to still be a bit of a roller coaster because of our youth all year long. And, and I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm, I enjoy going to practice. It's so different than what it's been. Um, and that's a good thing for me because it keeps me fresh. Um, it keeps me coaching. And, uh, you know, I, if I had hair, I would have probably lost some of it, but, um, it also is like the best thing about coaching because, um, you know, it's, uh, you're watching players get better quickly Whereas the last few years, it's been a drip, drip, drip. Um, right now, you see like big jumps from the women in our program. And, um, you know, and, and there are days that they have setbacks and that's okay. You know, I mean, because of their youth, but then they are resilient and they hop back on it and they're usually great the next day. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. You have 16 players on this team. Oh, by the way, I'm getting a haircut later this week. Do you want me to send you the... The leftovers? Because, no, I'm good with where I'm at. I made that decision a while ago. I'm rolling with it, um, you know. Just want to be, you know, equal opportunity. And, and, and you know, it's giving it. time. It's giving season. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, you got 16 players on this team. You've played all 16, and it's not like you've played, you know, a handful in just one game. The least who's played is three out of those eight games. You're playing pretty much everybody in the vast majority of your contest. So not only do you have five new starters and you talk about – being a young team, a team that only has one senior, um, four, no, far, sorry, five juniors uh, and the rest sophomores and freshmen. But more importantly, you're playing everybody. You're getting them all that experience. And I know with a program like yours and what you like to do in terms of offense and defense, that's pretty important, not only for the rest of this season, but moving forward as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's just what we believe in in our program. Um, you know, last year, uh, Last year, we just had so much experience. We probably tweaked the minutes a little bit more to um, to play our seniors a bit more, but we were still playing a lot of people. Uh, this year, um, depending on the day, you know, our second group beats our first group, and then the next day our first group beats our second group. And, I, you know, it's just with youth, 
we're still trying to figure out all their superpowers to be perfectly honest. And, um, you know, we haven't quite mastered the space jam, you know, secret juice, uh, special juice stuff, but, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to find out what their superpowers are each and every day and trying to untap those all the time. You've got, you talk about the particulars a little bit, uh, Olivia Bellows leading the way 13 plus points a game. Uh, you've got 10 and a half from Sydney, uh, vice vis, this, yep. This, yeah, okay. Overthought that for a second. Nearly 10 points a game, we should point out, from Carson uh, Carblum. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I can't read. My glasses are on. I can't read today, apparently. Uh, but you're also getting contributions from others. There's four or five more players who are averaging five points or more. It's not – this isn't a one- or two-person show. This is five, six players who can legitimately put points up and we haven't even talked about the defensive side where you're outscoring your opponents by 23 and holding them to 53. So offensively, you're doing pretty well and have a lot of options. We do. Um, and I think part of that is just being a younger team, not really knowing. You know, I, I admit, like, I mean, like, we because they're young, a lot more of it comes down to, like, who's playing well in a game as opposed to we're going to ride this kid you know, for 30 minutes and we're going to make sure they get 20 shots. Um, you know, so I think a lot of that is due to our youth. Um, I think it's also because we play super unselfishly and we're not coming down and just trying to ISO ball a kid every single time down the floor. We're trying to share the ball. Um, and if I put you out there and you can't shoot, that's my problem. You know, if you're open, you better be shooting in our program. So, uh, you know, we're, we're equal opportunity. Um, and I think that's really paid off for us in some games where uh, maybe our leading scorers, maybe our most experienced players haven't scored the most in the Calvin game. Our top two leading scorers didn't score very much. Um, now, you could argue that nobody scored in that game, which would be fair. Uh, that was not a pretty uh, game on either squads. But, um, you know, we were able to have some other kids step up and play really well when uh, Viss and Bellows you know, were they really tried to take them out of the game and other kids stepped up. Should point out that game for anybody who doesn't know it was a fifty two thirty two final uh in that rivalry game played at Hope. Obviously they'll have the rematch at Calvin later in the season. Let's talk about the season a little bit. Um again with the five new starters, you're sixteenth ranked in the latest D three hoops dot com poll. You have beaten the now twentieth ranked Illinois Wesleyan squad who certainly looks like they're going to have a really good season. You have fallen to, as we mentioned earlier, Wisconsin Lutheran, who I think is better than many people realize. Granted, they're five and three, and you've got coming up ahead Augustana and Milliken. You'll play Salem State and and Layman before you'll pivot and get right back into conference play with Trine. We'll talk about all those in different segments, but first, you know, you've got perspective here of a win over an Illinois Wesleyan squad and some others where you know it's like oh it's the usual hope. But I know behind the scenes, some of those games are different. What do we make of the schedule we've seen so far? I'd also throw Platteville in there as being really good. Good point. Um, No, great point. uh, They're having a good season, making that conference bonkers. They are really, really good. And so uh, those were a couple really high-quality wins. Um, Obviously, would have liked to have the one at Wisconsin Lutheran, but go on a five-hour bus ride, and I'll be honest, like that's what you get when you've got not one senior on your team and you go on the road like that and you're playing freshmen and sophomores and against a very well-coached team, you know, you, 
you learn from it, you grow. And then we go on the road against Albion, which is, I think, the toughest place to play in our league and in the, at least in the top two in our league. Um, and, you know, we play very, very well. And I don't think that we beat Albion on the road if we don't have the struggles that we had against Wisconsin Lutheran. So I, I, I love how our schedule laid out. Um, we're always trying to play the toughest schedule. I think there's some challenges to it geographically um, to get people here. Um, and also for us, just because where we're located to go on the road during the weekdays. Um, I think that our league schedule kind of hinders us a bit uh, because they do eat up some of our weekends with us starting so early in the year in November and December. So that takes us away from going on the road for a couple, but overall I like our schedule. It's going to get harder in the next two nights and then we go on the road. Um, I haven't done much scouting, honestly, for our New York trip. And then we come back and we play trying and um, then it's on, you know, it's on for the league. And, um, you know, I think our league is good. I think our league is pretty deep. I think um, trying to play a great schedule. Um, you know, we've got some other people that have played a really strong schedule in our league. And I think it's going to pay off with a lot of balance in our, in our situation. By the time you're done with the C- um, non-conference schedule, you might be in the CCIW race, uh, since you're playing so many CCIW teams, yeah. uh, you yeah. do have Augustana next up. It's tomorrow. If you're listening to us live, six and four is their overall record. And then you got Milliken on the other side. That's a team that we've already had on this show that we know is darn good. These are good tests kind of, Very as you good. call it, post exam and, and pre holiday break to kind of know where you are before you pivot to New York and, and then back to conference play. Yeah. Super strong teams. I mean, um, Augustana is very well coached. Milliken is really, really well coached, and they have great players. Um, you know, I think that the CCIW has a lot of depth this year, um, as, as we can see from some of the early scores. Um, and I think there's just a lot of great teams in the CCIW. So this will be a great test for us back-to-back nights. Um, as I've said, like, we played some really good teams up to this point, but this is going to be like two really good teams back-to-back. Uh, in, in night after night. So that is, that's going to be good for us. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, August, they're, but they're different teams. You know, we play Augustana and they're big and, you know, they're double big six, three, six, one. And then you go and you play Milliken and, um, they're not as big, but the, you know, it's kind of like watching a mirror image of ourselves. Um, one of my former assistant coaches, uh, used to coach with, um, with Olivia at, um, at Milliken. And so some of our defensive principles were taken there. And so you can see some of the, um, it's like watching ourselves in the mirror. It's a compliment, sir. It's a compliment. It means people think you do something right. Um, right. as we all know, there's no secrets in, in who, in, uh, in, uh, nope. in coaching and in basketball. No, nope. and there's, everybody knows it. Um, we should point out that's pretty much an MIA CCIW challenge is almost on the other side of that event coming yep. up at your place. Um, Quickly about the conference, you mentioned it's going to be tough. Trines ahead um, in the first game back from the holidays yeah. and back into conference play. Um, obviously, you're going to play them twice. You'll have to do it at home at least to start things off. It was already going to be a tough conference. Is, is it good to rip that Band-Aid off right away, or is it a little bit nerve-wracking? Uh, it's a, I don't know. It's one of the perils of our league schedule you know we already have four games in in our league so that's our fifth league game and uh it's just it's just coming right off a break for both of us um you know they're going to play a bunch of games in the next two weeks we're going to play a bunch of games in the next two weeks so i don't think either team is going to be stale um and 
I don't know. It's been weird the last couple of years. I mean, they've come here and beat our brains in. We've gone there and eked out a couple of wins. So um, it, it, the home court advantage hasn't really played out up to this point. Um, it's fun testing yourself against them. They're, they're just really, really well coached. They got the returning player of the year in Sydney Wagner. So we haven't stopped her yet um, since she's been playing there. So hopefully we can at least have a hand up in her face. And uh, it should be a great ball game, though. Uh, the only thing I regret about it is that it's over break and what should be like a heavily attended, you know, students love coming out for those big games. They won't be around, but you know what it, it is, you can't do anything about your schedule. And, you know, in the end, what's going to matter is that two great teams are going to play against each other. And, um, well, whether there's 15 people in the stands or 1500, uh, it still counts for one. That's a good point. Um, quickly, you're heading to New York, as we mentioned. Men are heading to New York as well. They'll play Yeshiva and Lehman. Uh, you'll be at Lehman. Are, are you guys going to travel together to, with the commonalities yeah. there, or is that a bit of a different yeah. schedule for everybody? Nope, we're, we're traveling together. Um, pretty unique story. Our president um, of our college uh, went to Hope, went to Harvard, uh, went to England, studied there, uh, came back and worked in Washington, D.C., um, told President Bush that the housing market was going to crumble, and that wasn't a very good conversation between he and President Scogan. Um, and then he went up to New York City. And while up in New York City, he was asked to be the president of the New York Stock Exchange, which is a pretty cool job. And uh, we are going to ring the bell uh, to close the New York Stock Exchange on the 27th. Oh, very cool. It's going to be an, yeah, very incredible opportunity um, for us to do that. And um, so through some of his connections and uh, through us wanting to travel to New York, um, you know, both of us ended up going at the same time. We have typically gone to Florida on a, on a Florida trip every other year together. This just happens to be a New York trip and we're going to enjoy to enjoy that time together, get over to their games. They'll come over to our games and, in the middle of it, have some pizza and get to some good Italian places there, hopefully, and maybe hit Chinatown. And I'm a big person with the food, so we're going to coach basketball. I'm going to find some food, too. Uh, smart. Smart. Listen, um, I'm going to say it to you again. I love the New York trip. Florida is a nice place. But we'd love to have both of your programs in a place called South Point Arena in Las Vegas for the D3Hoops.com Classic. I'm just saying, come on we out. Let's make west. this a, a dual yeah, trip I'll, I'll and make honest. some fun out of it. Yeah, we tried to go west um, this year, and we considered that. Um, but just through some alumni things and that we're trying to accomplish as a school, this worked out better for us. But oh, sure, it it's makes a lot of sense, definitely. So I'm just saying, there's space available for the the team in Orange. Um, Amherst goes every year. Yeah, they, see, I'm just saying, maybe I'm already thinking ahead. Um, Hey, by the way, we should point out, I kind of waited on this one because I wanted to finish it up with this. You're 693 and 95 in your career so far. That's stunning, to say the least. You'll likely hit 700 wins before you hit 100 losses. What's even more stunning, and thanks to Alan Babbitt for sharing sharing this with me, you are likely going to hit 700 wins faster than any other coach in men's and women's basketball at any division in the NCAA. The fastest right now is LSU's Kim Mulkey. She's kind of good. Kim, Kim's kind of good as a coach. She broke Gino Oriyama's mark, which he's pretty good too, getting her 700th in 812 wins. You easily, you're sitting at 788 right now, easily could break that and be one of the fastest to 700 wins. 
I realize everything I just said is something you don't focus on. I know that's what your answer is going to yeah. be, but I'm going to make you focus on it for at least half a second. That's yeah. that is pretty darn impressive to do because of the consistency it means. We were just talking about the recruiting and such and the scheduling, and and now the challenges in the conference. Has any of that sunk in? That that's the kind of success you have built at Hope. Uh. No, I mean, it, people bring it up, right? Um, I, I had no, I had no idea until my assistant said, "Do you know how many wins you have?" And I said, "I never know how many wins I have, Courtney." Uh, and she said, "Well, I think sometime this year you'll probably hit 700." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I mean, it doesn't feel like that long ago that my daughter was on the team and um, you know got a chance to share that with her and everything and. Uh, so I, I think it's awesome. The, the best thing about hitting milestones like this is I, I think it, it forces people to look back and understand how many people came before them on like the players on the team. It forces the media members to listen to me talk about the fact that, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I've had some really incredible assistant coaches and some really incredible players and the support of an administration that was supporting women's basketball before it got popular. And that is the part that do, that people don't remember. Um, there were a few schools 28 years ago that were supporting women's basketball at a really high level. A few. Not many. Not many. They Agreed. were like, yeah. the. it was like, hey, just don't get in the way of the men's stuff. And and don't make waves. Still are some. And yeah, and and so uh, I just appreciate that when I I was able to you know be named the coach twenty eight years ago that um, that I was I had an incredible AD Dr. Ann Irwin a president that was supportive and they said you know what we won a national championship in ninety but you know we've we've had some struggles in the past couple of years but like we we want this to be on the level of our men. And they were, they allowed me to, you know, coach and recruit in a way that we could become relevant on the national scene again. And so that, that's what, that's what the winning allows me to do is just, you know, say thank you and bring the focus back on the people that help make it happen. Because um, if you come and watch my practices, this is not about me, believe me. Um, you know, I have an incredible staff. Like I sit back and I delegate a lot and, um, it's incredible to watch young coaches and the energy that they bring each and every day and just watch them develop, you know, and we lost a really good coach this year to a division one school. Um, he's now their lead assistant at uh, St. Thomas. And uh, so he went there and is their number one and he's doing some great stuff and we miss him, but like, that's part of my job is to help coaches go on and, and do great things and, and become great leaders of women. And, um, you know, Kyle's at a great spot there with Ruth Sin, uh, who uh, who and I we coached against each other for many many years when she was at St. Thomas and Hall of Fame coach for sure. And uh, it's just great to have him under her tutelage as he continues to grow. And hopefully that's going to be the case with some other coaches as well. Random thought: Dave Hickson going into the Naismith Hall of Fame uh, this past season finally kind of cracked that D three door open. We'll find out. In a few days, if anybody else from Division Three is at least going to make the list this go around, yeah. What you're yeah, accomplishing, 
one would argue should get the same type of attention. I know you've never thought of that, but you talk about all of what, you know, the people that you've gone up against that are Hall of Famers. You mentioned Ruth being a Hall of Famer. You would argue that you're, you've already put down the resume that deserves that and hitting 700 faster than anybody else would cement that. You know, the great thing about that is that it's not up to me. And I, I really like that because that means I don't have to spend any time. You know, if you know me, the last person that's going to campaign for anything like that is going to be me. Yeah, um, I'm trying to make rather, you, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it would, again, it would be an incredible thing just to be there with uh, with the women that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I do think that the Hall of Fame is growing from the standpoint of um, it used to be incredibly male dominated. I think that uh, I think that they're doing a much better job of uh taking care of the women's side, which rightfully deserves an equal place. Um, there are so many other people, though, that have been overlooked before me that need to go in. Oh, I mean, that I wouldn't totally even agree. Be on, I, I wouldn't even consider being on the list because there's so many others that deserve to get in there. Um, if that ever happened, I'd be the greatest honor of my life. But that's oh. not something that I'm coaching every day for. Oh, of course not. No, I wouldn't expect otherwise from anybody. Um, but it's certainly an honor. I think that that is worth discussing and we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll make some calls. I mean, I know nobody, but you know, I'll pretend I'm making some calls. Hey, Brian, I've taken a lot of your time. I know you're prepping for two big games ahead of you here, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday before you take a break for the holidays and then head to New York. So appreciate everything you've given us. You've always given us time. So I appreciate it. Nonetheless, as always, though, we give the guests the final word. Any other things that you want to mention or bring up that we didn't talk about that are worth mentioning? Healthiest the game's ever been. And for that, I'm grateful. And, um, and I think it's because of so many, really great coaches across the United States uh, that are doing incredible stuff. Um, it's a, it's a really cool mix right now in the United States of young coaches who are um, they're hitting the ground running. Uh, they've got a lot of experience, a lot of playing experience. And then, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people that have been in this thing for a long time who continue to, I think, uh, carry the torch of women's basketball and, I encourage the new coaches to be the very best they can be. And uh, I think women's basketball is in a really cool spot. And we're helped by the fact that the Caitlin Clarks and the South Carolinas and things like that are playing really well because I think it turns some eyeballs towards us. But then it's our job to put out a great product when young families come in and watch college basketball, maybe the only college basketball that they can get to or afford or geographically get to. And then it's our job to put a great product out there where hopefully their daughters or their sons say, I want to go back, mom, mom, I want to go back there. That was fun. That was good. So games healthy as it's ever been. And, uh, you're a part of that Dave and, and, and your, and your group. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to call myself a women's basketball coach because I'm surrounded by so many people in the United States that are doing the same profession and doing it at a really, really high level. Well said, sir. Seriously, very well said. Love our chats. Love your time. Thank you so very much. Enjoy the games ahead. Enjoy the holidays ahead. Enjoy the season ahead. I look forward to catching up with you. Maybe we'll we'll break our own rule and dip in when you finally get 700. Um, looking forward to that conversation. But in the meantime, take care of yourself, and we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road.
It'd be a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Brian Morehouse joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Thanks, Brian, for joining us. Great conversation with him earlier today. Probably one, again, as I said, probably one of the better ones we've had. And we've had some really good ones. Remember, he came on our um, show when thing when COVID had shut down the playoffs. I'm in the middle of the show, and he texted me. He said, hey, do you want to, do you want to hear from me and, and the perspective of my team? Absolutely. I wanted to hear from everybody that day. And uh, Brian's been great with us. I really appreciate it. He is on the verge of being the fastest to 700 wins in in any division, any gender of NCAA college basketball. Think about that for a moment. Dave Hickson just went into the Hall of Fame. Um, list comes out. I am told uh, a list of finalists, I think, comes out uh, in three days' time. We will see. Or nominees. I, I can't remember the list. I think it's nominees, then finalists. That's what it is. So we'll hopefully, you know, we'll see what impact Dave Hickson's uh, getting into the Hall of Fame had on the voting panels uh, on whether we'll see another D3 name on there. Of course, don't forget, um, we saw, we've we've had Worcester's head coach. We haven't seen some others. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see where it plays out. But anyway, Brian Morehouse certainly deserves being in that conversation. I, I don't think people really realize how good he is and how much he's done for the game as well. Appreciate him having being on the show. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll put a an official bow on this one, including look at some scores from around D3 tonight and remind you of the upcoming schedule and other things. You listen to Hoopsville. Presented by D3 Hoops. Back with our finale next. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at NABC1927. That's nabc.com or NABC1927 on social media. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. 
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. It's tough for us to put it all on the line. Don't undo my hard work with poor sportsmanship. Respect. It's the name of the game. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. And welcome back, everybody, as we wrap up our show tonight on the 18th of December, this Monday. Again, a reminder for those who are curious, we are not uh, going to be on the air on Thursday, the 21st. We had certainly debated about it and chosen not to do it for really family reasons. There's plenty of great games, as we talked about all show long, coming up um, this week. So there would be plenty we could certainly talk about on Thursday's show, but for my own sanity and a deep breath and some time with the family, we're just going to take that time. Again, unless something significant happens that uh, warrants us changing our minds. Quick check of the top 25, by the way. I meant to do this earlier. So far on the men's side, it's been pretty quiet. The only loss is number 12, Christopher Newport to Virginia Wesson. We mentioned that because it happened on Thursday's show. They lost 74-68. They rebounded and defeated Wilson 68-49 in their last game. The other loss, Swarthmore, again, something we talked on last Thursday's show, Hampton Sydney defeated them 67 46. Excuse me, 46. In the receiving votes category, the only one who's had a bad day or bad week is Stockton. They are six and five now. They lost to TCNJ 78 69 and then to Eastern 77 73. Stockton not having the season. I'm sure they expected, or many others expected, either. Uh, Marietta had a tight game against Ohio Northern, double overtime, 103 102 winner. Um, in that one, I'm probably a little tighter than they would certainly would have hoped. Virginia Wesleyan's off to a 12 and one start. Marlins are playing well. Defeated Christopher Newport as we mentioned, 74-68. Then got past Johnson and Wales. That's the North Carolina one, I believe, 78-45. Then got past Bellhaven, 67-61. That's a team I debated about popping into my top 25 and just hadn't pulled the trigger as of yet. Others who played a lot of games, nobody. That was it. Virginia Wesleyan had the biggest week. On the women's side, Chicago lost to Illinois Wesleyan 73-63 since the poll came out. That's their only game before uh, well, for now, 
Uh, Trine lost to Stout 77-76 in a barn burner game, proving Stout is likely much better than we anticipated. Chicago, uh, Illinois Westerns, we pointed, got past Chicago. I'm um, trying to look for other losses in the receiving votes category. The only loss is Platteville. They lost to Ripon 56-53. Platteville's a really good team, but they're 5-3 and three at this point, so it'll be interesting to see how voters treat them. Granted, we have to get to the other side of New Year's before we can really jump into that one. Um, scores from around Division Three as of tonight. I meant to, I've not double. Ch- I, I meant to look into some scores while Brian was talking. And I got distracted with some other things. On the women's side, uh, a lot of score updates have gotten out there. We mentioned Transylvania and Whitewater were already winners. Harden Simmons got past Texas Dallas. We mentioned that by two. Catholic got past Eastern rather easily, seventy nine sixty. Um, I don't think there were any other major results uh, in this. One, there are a bunch of D3s playing some D1s in games that don't count. I noticed that Ohio absolutely rolled past Defiance on the men's side. Um, but I don't see any other scores. Whitworth got past Claremont Mud Scripps in women's basketball, 59-48. to 48. Luther passed Crown, 85-65. Um, that's pretty much it in terms of what's standing out to me. And maybe I'm missing something. Laterno passed St. Thomas of Texas. 5348 on the men's side don't have a score let me see if i can get a quick uh live stat check on this one stevens point and calvin playing calvin rolling in this one right now uh they had a 42 29 lead at halftime uh the score difference has stayed the same so far in the second half six minutes left to go in that one calvin leads 62 49 on the pointers um apparently i clicked on that twice i'm not sure how i did that hang on as a result, I lost my men's score there, so I got or scoreboard. So let me call that back up. Here we go. Um, Whitewater and Marion were playing. I don't have a score on that one. Can't find it easily. We mentioned earlier, Trying got past Anderson in a tough one. We mentioned earlier that North Park lost to Dominican in overtime, 89-86. Uh, Puget Sound lost to Santa Cruz, 77-54. Milliken got past St. John Fisher. We mentioned that one earlier, and we mentioned Transylvania over Bluffton, 89-76. Actually, I think I had that as Transylvania losing earlier in the day. Uh, Now I've got it as Transylvania winning, 89-76. Either I misread that, or we got it flipped somehow accidentally. Um, Sol Ross State got past Concordia, Texas, 197. Remember, Sol Ross is playing some conference games, even though they aren't really a Division III member anymore by rule. Harden-Simmons got past Texas-Dallas on the men's side, 94-85. Um, La Sierra defeated Whittier, 79-77. We'll see the Poets out in Vegas here in a week. Uh, Mary Washington got past Bridgewater, 69-52. Illinois Wesleyan lost to Cal Lou. I know Bob Quillman's out there for that event. Cal Lutheran defeats Illinois Wesleyan, 58-52. Cal Lutheran is damn good. Um, even though they're five and three, I, I think they're better than people realize. Um, they lost to Randolph Megan, they lost to Hood, and they've lost to Claremont Mud Scripps, where they got a win over Redlands and a win over Illinois Wesleyan. Um, Cal Lou actually made a trip to the East Coast, which is interesting. They got a win over North Central and a win over Puget. Russell White's team may be a little inconsistent, but I think they're really good this season. Um, no, I don't think any other scores really jump out. There's that Ohio score, 108-28 over Defiance. Redlands easily over Kalamazoo. That surprises me a little bit. 
101-58. Kalamazoo, 6-4 and four in the season, and Redlands smoked them. Um, yeah, so remember, go to d3hoops.com for more information on all of that. Here's one I want to check real quick. Oshkosh and Rippin are playing right now in men's basketball action. I'm waiting for that to load. It's not loading just yet. We'll see what happens. But really good basketball coming up. And again, d3hoops.com, classic out in Las Vegas. If you can't make it, we'll have the games for you. Um, according to this, by the way, that Oshkosh game hasn't started, so something's off there. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, we'll have the games on d3hoops.com, of course. Uh, we'll have links to multiple locations to watch those games. Looking forward to it. Have some really good men's teams, some decent women's teams as well. Uh, we didn't mention, did I mention Amherst? I'm now forgetting if I mentioned Amherst. I thought Amherst women were out there, and I don't think I remember reading about them. But Amherst women are not out there. That's strange. Amherst women are not out there. I'm so used to Amherst women being at our event. They are not out there this year uh, on the women's side. <laughs> Shows you how things just can run together in your head, to say the least. With that, we're going to wrap things up, folks. Really appreciate you all tuning in. Um, we will be back on the air again unless something major happens on January 4th. Again, a couple of notes for next for the January and February part of things, I'm, I'm picking up some work that I need to take. So there's going to be a handful of Thursday's games, even a, our shows, and even a Monday show that we're going to have to move to midday, a 1 o'clock live show. Doesn't mean you can't watch on demand, obviously. Just going to change the, the, the viewership a little bit. Also, the marathon now is going to have to flex. Um, we're going to have to figure out when to do the marathon. The day we were scheduled to do it, um, I now need to work that evening. So we're going either, either going to have to move it to a Monday, maybe, which is a little tough to do to try and coordinate that over a weekend. Uh, we do a lot of work, obviously, ahead of the weekend, but still to try and get guests lined up at the last minute over the weekend is a little challenging. So I'm not exactly keen on that, but that might have to be our fallback. The other is to move it to a Wednesday or a Friday. So we'll figure that one out and let you know about it. Reminder, the Top 16 show will be in February as well. So just stay tuned with us on social media, whether it's on uh, X slash Twitter, Instagram, threads. Um, we're going to try and figure out how to get Discord up and running for D3 for this show. Uh, but also on Facebook and YouTube, we'll, we'll keep you up to date as to where we're doing things. Also, I know there's been a, a thought about new shirts. We're going to dive into that. Um, I don't know if we still have our connection at our, at our former group or we're going to find maybe a new group to do those with. I'm trying to find a way that they're up more available. It's complicated. Anybody who's in the business certainly understands that. Um, and we're going to start pivoting um, sponsors, advertisers. We're starting to get some headway on doing that with the D3Hoops.com Classic, believe it or not. We are looking to do it here on Hoopsville. So if you're interested in advertising or being a part of this show, please let us know and we will we have packages ready to go we would love to hear from you and and get you associated with this program um and with that we're going to sign off one thing to all our guests great conversations tonight uh with dubuque's robbie uh sieverding out there in hawaii illinois college's uh steve schweer of course to sales fred richter and and hopes brian morehouse thanks to the sports information departments uh, for all four of those institutions for their incredible help in putting the show together. Uh, you, you don't understand. I know they're busy enough as it is, but many of them uh, swing for the fences to give us uh, help that we need. Uh, I'm going to quickly run names, and, and I hope I don't miss anybody. Um, of course, it starts with Alan Babbitt at, um, at Hope. Alan and I go a long way back, and I always appreciate Alan's help. To say the least, he, he's always at the forefront 
of that assistance for us. Of course, B.J. Spiegelmeyer, another good friend of the program. I want to thank B.J. at DeSales for his help. We've always enjoyed uh, working with, with B.J. and Alan. Um, others, uh, forgive me, because one of them I had to email from another account because things weren't working well. Scott Reed, Illinois College. Uh, literally, they kind of pulled that one out due to an email issue. They, they, they were able to get that segment put together for us somewhat at the last minute. It means a lot to me. Um, to help with that. And of course, the, the gang at Dubuque, um, thank you for your help on, on getting uh, the situa- the segment put together as well. So everybody, thanks for your assistance. Listen, enjoy the holidays, but enjoy some good basketball when you get a chance. Whether you're watching online or you can go and watch the game in person, please do so. You're going you're gonna to enjoy it. we got some really good basketball going on. And before you know it, we're going to be so deep into conference play that it's going to be crazy um but this is a chance to see other teams and other opportunities so go take your kids go enjoy a game um a lot of d3 games are free even online as they should be in my opinion so go and enjoy it uh these are great student athletes and they deserve uh, as much attention as we can give them and uh you watching a game does that and if you're in vegas by the way be sure to try and catch us uh we are admittedly busy and i certainly look busy when i'm out there but pull me aside if you get a chance i'd love to shake a hand of somebody or get to meet somebody uh feel free to do that we're at south point arena and again if you're out in las vegas that is not on the strip it's down this about five miles i want to say down from the strip um south point arena in um south of las vegas at the south point hotel and casino it's a great time there we love having it and i cannot wait to those 16 teams we have three schools trinity texas Rhodes, and um hold on i'm cheating i'm going to my list uh trinity texas Rhodes, and laverne who are bringing both programs out that's becoming a bit of a new thing we enjoy that as well and before I wrap up, heck of a stag bowl in D3 football on Friday night. It was awesome. Came right down to the end. Um, it was the narrowest victory in stag bowl history. That was the 50th, 26th, hosted by um, those in Salem. I think I was saying 25 last year. I got confused that they did 25 straight. This was their 26th. Uh, hats off to the Cortland Red Dragons on the victory over North Central for Carth, uh, for Cortland's first ever football national championship listen i'm used to Cortland being really good in a lot of sports including women's lacrosse great to see football get to the top there and hats off to north central not only a tremendous game that they participated in and played very well in as well but this is four straight stag bowls that is certainly impressive by the way also a hats off um to Cortland. they went all out on getting alums to give shout outs to Cortland's team before the game started if you hadn't had a chance we've tweeted it out Go back and watch it because there are some incredible names, including the head of the SEC, Beth Mowens at ESPN, and a lot of other names that are Cortland grads. I was impressed, to say the least. And with that, oh, and by the way, our friend at Fran, uh, Elliot, there at Cortland. Uh, Fran, I realize I probably botched your last name like Pat does and everybody else, but Fran is one of the, the best in the business, and I'm, I'm so happy to see that he got that chance at a national championship in football. And with that, we sign off. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We'll take a holiday break. Back at it on Thursday, the 4th of January, with another big Hoopsville. Lots of plans ahead, so stay with us on social media as we give you up-to-date with all of what we're doing throughout the offs or the, during the holiday break here leading up to January and what we're going to be doing in January and February and March as well. You've been listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. 
Have a great rest of your week. Have a wonderful holiday. We'll see you in 2024.